of the Min Max Show. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by Serial Vasquez. Hello. Back from the dead. That's right. Like the emperor himself. Rose from my grave table. into a field of snow. Fantastic. We have Jeff Marquefava. Hey. We have Kyle Hilliard. The dead speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is. Welcome to the Max Show. Uh, we're finally doing it. This is the episode we're going to count down our five most anticipated games of 2020. Just, People have I'm been screaming for it. <laughs> it's been a lifetime. Just a reminder for everybody, Chrono Trigger. Just as a concept, just please mm-hmm. remember it. I like it. Yeah, it's the next installment of The Deepest Dive. If you missed last week's episode, how this works is we are taking the beloved game Chrono Trigger, breaking it up into three different chunks, and then talking about each section as in-depth as possible. No surface-level stuff. Very specific things fueled by the community. And like so, how many how many pixels are in each sprite? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, specific. Yeah, please. I yes. genuinely want people to write in with stuff like, this treasure chest here almost passed me by because it almost looks like this. And, like, I want as specific as you can go. Uh, so that's going to be airing. The first installment is going to be airing on the 22nd of January. And so probably on January 20th, for sure on January 20th, we'll have a post on <laughs> Patreon looking for the community's feedback on the game up until you reach the end of time, which... Lo and behold, is about four hours in. So yeah. a shorter chunk than I imagined, mm-hmm. but there's going to be a lot to talk about just in Chrono Trigger overall. Um, you know, the development, stuff like that. We'll cover a lot in that first chunk for the deepest dive on Chrono Trigger, which will be then airing on the 22nd. So please uh, play up into the end of time, which is going to be right after like the sci-fi section, all that stuff in Chrono Trigger, and let us know what you think. Uh, it's so fun to see the community debating about what version to get it seems like yeah on the discord there's a lot of people already talking about it and like weighing in and like there's a bunch of people who are playing it for the first time which i'm very excited about i want those perspectives for sure surreal vasquez really yeah. oh my god i can't wait to hear all about it also Just, me too great heads up you. for everybody the steam version totally fine like i think a lot of people are but it doesn't have pixelated font right or does now it does now yeah okay, still it, there's right. some small mm. tweaks in the ui where you can see some remnants of mobile but honestly if I didn't know that that version came out looking so bad and just jumped right into that, I don't think it'd be jarring at all. Okay. It's, I think it's the way to go. It's 15 bucks on Steam. Yeah, It's great. Also, heads up, uh, we're going to be streaming another uh, tabletop game this that's Thursday right. night. So if you're listening tonight. to this or watching or this very night. early, that's right. So it's going to be Thursday night. We're going to be streaming Cash and Guns in honor of the Discord being obsessed with shootouts. <laughs> oh. We should play the <laughs> ultimate tabletop shootout game, which is Cash and Guns. This is going to be 8 p.m. Central on Thursday, and it's going to be exclusive to $5 supporters on Patreon. Patreon.com is going to two ends. All right, let's get to it. We could talk about Dragon Ball Z Kakarot this episode, <laughs> but why have, like, early, early yeah. impressions? Jeffem has to soak in all that's good about Dragon that's Ball. That's right. I'm learning so much. But you have the game, yes? Yes. I started it yesterday. Oh, my God. Any... Did you fall asleep? No. Oh, it's ex- oh, it's a good one. So ever since you got that copy, you have not slept. <laughs> That's right. Do you feel Just like it's pure a- Dragon Ball? Do you feel like it's a game that you're excited to weigh in on and play for an extended period of time, or are you immediately dreading it? I'm not dreading it. I don't know how excited I am at this point. Okay. Um, well, we should we should. It's been interesting so far. The reason yeah. that this you're questioning this is because like Serial, you and me, we like Dragon Ball. We're, we've been following it for a long time. Jeff, um. I don't know anything about Dragon Ball, right? Yeah, I had to send in the Wikipedia article for dragons. Although actually, <laughs> it was like bare minimum. <laughs> I I did do a feature about Dragon Ball, a stupid column, one of my st- old stupid columns about Dragon Ball characters. I can't remember what the BS like reasoning behind it was, but yeah. I did have to read a lot of Dragon Ball lore, and so I do recognize some characters. Okay, okay, it's like okay. oh, I know this Piccolo character. 
is no good. Yes. But maybe I don't remember good. any actual facts about that. Okay, that's fine. Look, but, we'll save all that for next week. Yeah. I'm excited to dive into that game. Genuinely, it's one of my most anticipated games of 2020, even though I don't expect it to be amazing, but yeah. I just want to go through that experience. I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves, but the reason it's not on my list is because I'm playing it. <laughs> but it would have been right. if we'd made this list a you know a week ago, maybe. Yeah, so that's what this episode's all about. We're going to be ranking our top five most anticipated games of 2020. It's going to be intense. And, like, it's tough. I'm trying not to fudge this. I'm trying to go with the honesty in my heart of right. what am I most excited about when I have it in my possession to boot up and play. That is what I was trying to go off of for this because I can get sidetracked with a lot of things like, oh, I want to support a game like Ooblets. That looks fun. Mm-hmm. And not in my top five. So that's how we're doing. We're going to go around the table, number five, number five, number five. And as always, if somebody says your entry early, just jump in and talk about the game then. We don't need to repeat it and save it for like, well, that's my number one, all that fun stuff. Okay, Sergio Vasquez, your uh, number five most anticipated game. Did we tell you we were doing this, Sergio? <laughs> yeah. You were go- you, okay, okay. Yeah, there, there, were, there was a message in the Slack yeah, channel. Yeah, you were gone, so... Um, so my number five is Yakuza Like a Dragon. Wow. Which I'm pretty excited about because I've, I've played all of the ones that they've released since Zero. So Zero, Yakuza, Kiwami, Kiwami 2, 6, and Judgment. Um, well, it's not really a Yakuza game, but it falls under that yeah. umbrella. Yeah. It's, it a, it's, a, it's part of the Soulsborne series, you know. Yeah. Um, but like... When I played those games, I to me the combat was always the thing that I eventually got super. I got tired of the combat way before I got tired of like the the story and the, yeah. and the characters and stuff. And I know for a lot of people, like they really enjoyed that stuff. But for me, it always felt like okay, the uh, like the regular random fights we're having in the city become super boring, and then the boss fights feel like this weird, like okay, well now you actually have to think about this combat in ways that I I never found super interesting or fun. So I think them switching over to an RPG, like, turn-based combat system, I think is kind of exciting. I'm a little cautious about how that's going to affect the pacing if you're like, okay, these fights that usually would take, like, 30 seconds or something in in previous games, this is going to take me two minutes or something. Um, But if they manage to, like, figure out how to properly pace that stuff, I think it'd be really cool. And they've been trying since basically Zero to always have, like, no, play this one first. Please don't think about the fact that Yakuza has been going on forever and that there's all these, like, intersecting plot lines and stuff. Yeah. So this is another one of those, right? Because it's they've even though it's they it's technically Yakuza Seven, but yeah. they're calling it like a dragon because they want it to be a new beginning, and it has a new protagonist, um, and a lot of the stuff they're doing around like, you know, how he he's very like into Dragon Quest, and a lot of like the, they're turning a lot of everyday aspects into RPG mechanics. I think is is. Uh, pretty interesting. Um, so, like, I'm looking forward to having another one of those, like, kind of like very Japanese soap drama kind of yeah, for kind sure. of stories to go. Like, I'm always up for one of those games. So. I'm totally with you. And like, in a way, you know, it almost goes back to what makes Earthbound exciting. Like having an RPG, like in modern day ish setting, right? Yeah. Like that's why I'm looking forward to this. Like it's so rare to see an RPG, basically just in a fully modern setting in an open world, like. Yakuza's without presenting. a lot of like supernatural stuff, because like Persona yeah. takes place in modern day and they're like right, basically right. big, but like it, it's th- this feels very different from that. In you a know, lot of ways. is there like a time skip for Yakuza Seven, like between six and seven, or is it like I don't know. I it might be it might be like concurrent with maybe six, like around that same period. Okay. But I, I don't. I don't. But think... they are. It is being presented as like if you've never played Yakuza, this is another entry point for you. Right? Yeah, like this is all new characters. Yeah, like the, the protagonist, like they've they're switching protagonists for the first time in the Yakuza okay. series. Cool. So yeah. So the nice thing too is we'll find out how good it is very soon. 
based on those hot Famitsu reviews. Uh, it's coming out January 16th in Japan, and so yeah. the reviews should be online by the time you're listening to this or watching this even, so we'll probably have some vague idea of at least what people think about the Japanese version. Um, I'm with you. I'm very excited about it. Like, rewatching those trailers, too, just the mini games, of course. It's Yakuza games. There's going to be mini games, but like they have like just go karting through the streets of Japan in this. Yeah. Like that seems so silly. A lot of the mini games are are always super fun. So. Yeah, uh, I'm also really curious about when it's going to be released in the West. Uh, like, what it would be the worst time for this game to come out? Uh, the first week of. April or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I guess April or March. That span think, where every other game of 2020 I is coming out. I just worry about it hitting this window of like right when new console hype. I could see Sega being like, well, we're uh, trying to localize it as fast as we can and get it out the door. And then just being like, oh, do I want to play on last gen again? Yeah, I mean, that, that question is going to be interesting moving forward because everything is so explicitly backwards compatible this time around where it yeah. wasn't last time. I don't know if it'll make a huge difference. I mean, DS to 3DS, there were still games caught in that sort of whirlpool of like, you know, Okami Den is a big one that like came right. out right as the 3DS came out and people forget that game exists now. So Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, sir, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I've tried playing Zero, Kiwami, and Six, and it's like, I want to like this, and I think that turn-based RPG combat and maybe a sillier tone, like, I, I'm all for it. I'm super excited for it. How could it be any sillier? I think just because well, there's, it, there's it like, the main, okay. like the main story's sillier or no? I no. think just like the battle animation, yeah. Stuff but like the way oh, they okay. implement RPG mechanics into mm. the like one of your like a summon is basically calling like someone on your phone and having them come into attack. Basically, oh, okay. so okay, that makes you know, sense. silly enough yeah. for you, big boy. Well, because in the previous games, it's like you're babysitting this kid while you're beating people up and you're doing karaoke and all uh-huh. these kind of crazy things. And so yeah. I didn't know how they could go. It's a new avenue silly. for silly stuff. Yes. <laughs> That's right. That was the original name, Yakuza 7, a new avenue for silly <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Jeff, number five. Number five. Like a dragon. Hey. <laughs> uh, like a dragon. Uh, my number five is Dying Light 2. Great oh. choice. Did you play much of the first one? I did. I, okay. And... Uh, more specifically, I played a ton of Dead Island, which is kind yeah. of where I got on board. And it's it's that weird legacy with like which ones did Techland work on, and you know when did they split off of mess. Dead Island and go on to Dying Light. But basically, I think everything that Techland has done has been really good. And with Dead Island, I think Dead Island was one of the best open world zombie kind of simulation games that like the sense of place and the sense of danger that the original Dead Island had. Yeah. I still think about and I still think that was super awesome. And the problem was that it was kind of janky and like the controls and stuff weren't great. There there was a lot of stuff that wasn't great back then. Well like who do you voodoo b- also <laughs> also <laughs> wow. I had forgotten that song <laughs> something miraculously, but now it's Right back in there. But uh, that transition to Dying Light fixed a lot of that stuff. And Dying Light was a lot more fluid. And they kind of had a parkour system Mm -hmm. and kind of carried over all the cool, like, loot things and stuff with that. While also, you know, still having this big Mm -hmm. open world. And it's from what we've seen so far, it seems like Dying Light 2 is another, you know, like, similar step forward. It seems... Much more fluid. They said they've added a lot more parkour mechanics and like a whole climbing system and all these kind of things. And they're leaning much more heavily into choice, like the big demo they had a while ago. Yeah. It's like, oh, are you going to flood this entire section yeah. of the city or not? Was, right? Wasn't there a quote that uh, in one playthrough you'll see maybe half the game or something like that? Which I, I think is a quote that people have used before. But Yeah, I, I think it, it's like, 
you may you will gain access to different areas and you may lose access to other ones. Chris Avalon is the narrative designer, which yeah. they have spoken a lot about. And that going back to old Obsidian roots, yeah, yeah. Kotor guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Kotor too, yeah. And so the the choices and narrative stuff are interesting to me, but I'm more excited, and it's ultimately on this list just because of the gameplay demos that they've put out. And there there have been a lot where I think the series does a good job of making zombies be scary and like yeah. actually threatening to your life and and it, there are sections that have reminded me of the same reason I really loved The Last of Us where it's like there will be times when you are pushed into an area and you are very much in danger of dying at any point and you just kind of have to improvise your way through it and and it's it seems like a lot of the demos have shown degrees of that where it's like okay I have to you know I'm going to grab this weapon and I'm going to be that's going to get me out of this immediate jam but then I have this entire horde chasing me and so I'm going to yeah. climb up here and jump over here and I like that I think they they have always done a good job of making it feel like a dangerous world and a, a very distinct sense of place and I'm hoping that this one does it as well. They don't have a release date yet, do they? No, I don't think so. So spring 2020 seems like some of the last messaging. Is there any chance you think that they'd push it back to be a next-gen launch? Maybe. I mean, there's such a tech powerhouse there. You think they'd be interested? I mean, that's the question with any game that's not confirmed for like that doesn't have a confirmed release date at this point, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Kyle Hilliard, number five. Number five. It's Little Nightmares Two. Oh wow! Which is like a a, maybe an odd pick, but like I really like that first game a lot, and I I thought it was pretty. like standalone right like it ends in such a way that i i didn't really feel like i I wanted a sequel but when they announced it i was like well you know that world is really really strange that they established of just like you being this small child traveling through this boat of like these carnivores of these like giant weird creatures it's a really weird i remember being a little thing in a shed but it goes places it goes oh yeah no it's really cool um and then like when it came out on switch i ended up playing it again and stuff so like i i really want to see where that goes next like i feel like that game kind of i mean it it got a sequel so it must have done pretty well yeah and it's like it's it's kind of this like surprise little hit and it was i didn't expect a sequel but it was one of those things that when they announced it like my mind lit up and i was kind of like you know what i do want to revisit that world because it was really cool so yeah, yeah little nightmares 2 Tarsier Studios, Tarsier Studios. Yeah, they have a weird history. Oh yeah, little yeah, you pull it up right yeah. now. Little Big Planet stuff. And, it's just like yeah. yeah, they came from Little Big Planet. They're obsessed with little things and little toys. <laughs> yeah, and, and then they just the, took a turn for the. And door. Little Nightmares was announced like it, it was in development for a long time, and it had a different name. I think it was called like Hunger when it was initially announced, mm. uh, which is actually more uh, makes more sense in the context of the game when you play it. Um, but huh. Little Nightmare, Little Nightmares is more intriguing. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, my number five. Like a dragon. Oh, yeah? I got you, oh, big boy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is it because f- the RPG combat is like the, the, the one barrier you needed to cross to get you into the series? Yeah, I'm totally with you. Yeah, we're just the brawler combat in general. is like, uh, it's fine. And it is it is specifically inspired by Dragon Quest, which is yes, a series the main that character, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a weird... Like it's not a Sega franchise, right? Like no, that's Square. So <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, well, I just wanted like, do, do they have any sort of association with the Dragon Quest series? And no, it's just it's just weird for them to, like, for for them to publicly declare, oh, to he's really into say the, what something's yeah, inspired. versus like, oh, it's, it's, like what's what Sega's RPG? Like Star Ocean? Did, is yeah, that, is that them? wait, no, 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 
No, no, that's also that was Enix, so that's also okay. Square at this so point. So like, I guess they did, they wanted to have an RPG, but Sega Skies doesn't of have, Arcadia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really into Scars of Skies of Arcadia. <laughs> yeah, that, that's weird. Uh, number four, Serial. Uh, my number four is Cyberpunk. Uh, Cyberpunk. Which, there it is. Which might be surprising for Hollow it is, but like I think that. So I, I'm, you know, as someone who has the The Witcher Three as one of their like best games of the decade, um, they're they're doing a lot here that I think is interesting, but may not be for me specifically. So hmm. the um, this feels a lot more like a like it's building on the the structures of Deus Ex more than it's building on like anything The Witcher did. Yeah. Um, and like I like immersive civs, like this Honored is a, is a game that I that I really like, but I, this this feels like it's more going to be a little bit more methodical and less about stealth and more about like okay, my my biggest fear for the game is for that for a lot of the more interesting situations to be like oh this door is locked, well let's let me go find the grate or like ha- find the way to hack the door or like talk to someone like that is less interesting to me personally and I know that a lot of people will get a, uh, like a huge kick out of it and you know I'm interested to see like the the different branches and stuff of the like how you can talk to people out of situations and things like that but um this feels like i'm less interested in this in this at face value than i was something like the witcher so like but but even even with that i like how you know they're really good at building out these worlds and then you know they're kind of claim that the city will be smaller but more dense with characters and stuff yeah i think that i'm really into and um the, the ways you can kind of build your character with different stats obviously that's going to be cool but you know the ways that those are going to be in service to like an immersive sim versus an RPG, I think is less interesting to, for me personally. Yeah, um, it's always that weird thing. Like, are there specifics about the gameplay that have you more excited, or is it just, hey, it's Cyberpunk's next game from the team that made The Witcher Three? Is that about yeah, the level you're that, writing that, at? That, that that to me is the thing that I'm like, that I'm writing most on. Yeah, um, but like, you know, do you think there's going to be like a weird disconnect when that game finally comes out of people being like, oh, it's just a really really well done Deus Ex? Uh. Wait, are you talking about like Witcher fans being? I think so. Uh, of like maybe. crash on reality of like, oh, it's it turns out it's a game. It, it looks like it's going to be incredibly well done, but yeah. still at the same point, like but it's oh, different well, expecting... from the Witcher, right? It's right. going to be a lot different. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, maybe. I mean, I think the people who like are excited about that game are um, like really into it and know what to expect. Oh you know yeah, I, mean? I don't yep. know. There's I don't think there's going to be a lot of be a lot of people like searching the you know the store online and being like oh for the people that made the witcher okay i'll check that out well i think think a lot of i think a lot of it is built on like this is the next game from those guys i don't think it's specific to like oh they're making a huge site like the the cd project right people are making a like a a cyberpunk game right because it's like you know there have been a lot of cyberpunk games over the like the last few years but none of them have this level of hype i think them being involved with it is like why it's why it's like a lot of people's you know biggest anticipated title uh it's i'm intimidated by it honestly like i don't it's going into it like I'm, I'm excited to try it, but like I'm also nervous about it because if it's as big as I expect it to be, it's like you better get better. You better get ready to commit. Yeah, you know, and, and like I don't know if I'm ready to do yeah, that. Yeah, and I'm I like I, I'm personally more interested in like how they're gonna uh, explore different outcomes and how you can talk to people and like what 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 kinds of stories is interested in telling in the cyberpunk world because one of my favorite things about The Witcher was that it felt like a, a constant subversion of fantasy tropes and I haven't seen that from cyberpunk so far it feels more like it's in, like totally embracing the idea of like cyberpunk is cool and like let's have a dystopian future yeah where it's like you know like the, the people with better insurance get access to healthcare fat like to, to emergency ambulances and stuff faster but I'm hoping they they kind of like introduce interesting twists to that versus like isn't like isn't our world dystopic which is like a thing that 
cyberpunk very naturally does. Um, and like just they're like when they whenever they lean to into in their demos in like, oh, here's this cool gun that you can use. And here's like those this way you can hack this guy and shoot them. Like, I'm not interested in like that super specifically. What about uh, like the hacking in general? It's like, oh, you can hack this robot to like the boxing robot to murder the man or like yeah. any of that so, stuff like that, the ultimate that, that stuff is fun but it doesn't feel like you know i've seen this before like you I, want I've the seen, storytelling yeah like i want to see how i want to because like, that's i feel like is going to be my if if i do fall in love with this game it's going to be because of that it's not going to yeah. be because like oh like instead of me killing him personally i killed this boss by using the turret like that's right. that's a cool trick but it you know you've seen it before you've seen it in like stuff like this x before yeah. so all right make your prediction Will Keanu Reeves be nominated for best performance in a video game by Human Mill for the Game Awards next year? Absolutely, yeah. uh, just not, to try and get him there. Not in the same year as Last of Us Two coming out, right? I mean, yeah, I think you, there's the full cast. They can mon- nominate two. multiple people, Kyle. <laughs> I guess that's true. That's how nominations work. I am very curious about his role in that game. Yeah, is it's he going to pro- be totally phoned in, or I don't think it's going to be phoned in. I think it's probably going to be bigger than people expect. Yeah. Like based on those demos I mean, and where yeah, they're leading they've it. said that he's like a main character. That, well, who's with who's you? With you right? he, he's, yes. he's like one of three companion characters you can choose. Like he he can <laughs> optionally not be. <laughs> Wait, really? I'm sorry I think for so. the people who are I think not they have Keanu different... Reeves. Yeah, <laughs> like that that, that, that was kind of my concern is that like there I'm pretty sure you can pick other faction leaders to like side with. Oh, maybe one of the but, other guys is Tom. Hanks. But isn't he like living in your head? Yeah, but I'm I. Like those two things are kind of conflicting in my brain. Because I know at some point I heard that there are you can oh, choose he's got three different brain right now. Oh, yeah, oh, classic problem. Thank you, honey. There we go. Cyberpunk was my number one, so cereal just crapped all over. Well, jump in. Yeah. Yeah. You're, no. supposed to, uh, you're supposed to talk about it now, share your excitement. Then when we wrap yeah. on number one, then you reveal I, it and we throw confetti in the air. Oh, okay. That that's how it works. I <laughs> I guess I am excited for all the reasons that cereal said at the beginning of his that this game isn't for him. I think those are the things that make it for me. I am more interested in a first person action simulation kind of game than yeah. I ever was with The Witcher and the Modern or future setting to me is also more interesting than, you know, medieval fantasy. And there there certainly have been a lot of cyberpunk games, you know, like that is such an old trope at this point. But it seems like they are going back to a historical origin of it that I don't actually know that much about. You right. Know? So you just want to learn more about the specific cyberpunk yeah, world. And, and it seems like they're willing to get weird with concept like sci-fi i'm a big sci-fi nerd so getting weird with interesting sci-fi concepts is also a big draw for and i will say they have shown a little bit of like you know um one of the demos had them in and was basically like oh this was supposed to be like a a number of condos for rich people but they all kind of abandoned it so it's like this hollowed out like huge building yeah so i like those like that is like the thing that is that i'm looking forward to most is like seeing i want to see a ton of that Mm-hmm. Right, and I'm I'm curious to see like because the city is smaller, you know how many how many more stories are they, are they going to have like that, and how many more like opportunities yeah. to do to tell stories that way are they going to have? Let's see. Yeah. Let's try and predict the dings against Cyberpunk 2077 on the, on the GameSpot review system. What are the minus? Do you think like the driving people care. aren't going to be crazy about? I don't. I mean, I think there's issues with like, um. Like even at the E3 demo, you're talking about like the way minorities are represented, yeah. and things like that. Like I think that kind of stuff. Some of that dialogue was a little bit like, okay. yeah, yeah. So I think the sort of uh, social, sort of cultural element of the game, we'll see how that plays out. You know, sure, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as like mechanically, yeah. I mean, maybe the the shooting won't be like when you know it's hard to compare like games that aren't first person shooters first to stuff like Call of Duty and Destiny. You right, know? right. Um, 
Yeah, could yeah. be. Uh, Jeff, number four? Number four. Well, okay, now I can ruin everything for you guys. Please. Uh, <gasps> is Final Fantasy VII Remake. There it is. Number that, four. That's very interesting yeah. for you. Yeah, uh, and part of that is because I have never played it before. And yeah, so, like, same this, here. Well, actually, I've probably played a little bit more than you, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, because I've literally played <laughs> Kyle, would you like to it. talk about this game? <laughs> Sorry, I should have just no. let you talk. Uh, and so I think the more action-oriented approach to it is also a plus for me, which, mm. which it seems very interesting in that, like, it's still basically turn-based stuff. You have, like, meters filling up and stuff, but they it seems like they just added, like, basic attacks that you can do, but they don't actually do that much damage, but it just kind of gives you something that you can do while, around, while you know, cool. it's, like, recharging and things. But... That's perf- That's like perfect for me. Yeah. You did, know? did you get a chance to play it yet? No, anyone? I haven't. Mm-mm. It's a dream come true. I want them to release that demo so desperately because playing that uh, locked it into place for me where it's like, I think it's the best I felt about the future of Final Fantasy since like before the release of Final Fantasy IX. Like I'm mm. at that level of hype of like I think they're doing it. Like based on <laughs> yeah. how well that demo played, mm-hmm. it's I almost think like it's, it's on your list. <laughs> that's right. And, and it it seems like. Like, this is the vision of the game that fans of that game have had in their head this whole time. Like, kind of, like, I get to play not only my... Because if I went back and played the original Final Fantasy VII, I wouldn't have fun with it. And it would probably be Mm. like, oh, look look how lame all this stuff looks. And look how bad the performances are and stuff like that. I think those models look bad. Wow, there's no performances. (laughs) Hang on, do you think the models look bad? No, no, in the original. Like, like they, they... I don't think they did like even the chibi approach to it well. Like I, I think there have been better chibi I games. Love, I love the look of it. It's just pure nostalgia. But I yes, love what that, a mess and that is exactly is. what I'm saying. Is I'm I'm going I, into it without still any nostalgia. You would have a good time if you enjoy RPGs on either level. If you went back and played the original, you would not be miserable. You would have okay, a good time going maybe, that game. Even so, but no, it, not it, maybe Jeff. <laughs> Quine, you yes, would not be I miserable. Would, Jeff, but, pause. Let's have Jeff and play the game it, right uh, now. It wouldn't live up to the hype and the memories and nostalgia that everyone has. And it, it feels like I am getting a chance to play more what the vision is that people have going into it. Like I get yeah. to play the best possible version. And the thing Maybe. That, <laughs> that hopefully, yes. And the thing that really puts it on this list is I also it's kind of like stepping in a time machine and going back because I I now get to have that experience while everyone else is having it. Because the other thing about going back and playing it now is I'd be experiencing all these things for the first time and like no one else would give a shit. Because it's right. you know so many years old that people I'd be like, hey, remember when this happened in Final Fantasy VII, and no I'd one care. would care. I would care. But like, <laughs> but now that we are going into it, and it's kind of an alternate version, you know, like things may be changing mm-hmm. and stuff. I can experience all those things for the first time and actually be part of the conversation as the entire industry is having. Without it. spoiling anything here and now, like how much do you know about the storyline to Final Fantasy VII? Uh, that. In it. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> he didn't say which one. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I know exci- very little. No, I'm excited okay. too because, like, any female character as he's playing the game. Okay. <laughs> uh, the reason, the you reason, can bleep that out if that's I think a spoiler. The reason I stumbled uh, earlier was because, like, I the thing about me is I have tried to start Final Fantasy VII multiple times throughout my life. Like, even on a PlayStation disc, I think I got halfway through disc one when it came out on Vita. Like, I played it on my Vita. I played it, like, even in the last couple of years on, like, PS4, but I can never make that much headway into it mm-hmm. and i think because the combat looks so interesting it looks like it looks like because i like final fantasy 15's combat i don't think you do no. but i think it's like the next step for that where it's like final fantasy 15 was trying to be action but still felt sort of hampered by trying to live in this turn-based world where final yeah. fantasy 7 
is like stepping out of that a little bit, you know, where it's still stepping away from turn base. You're saying? No, I'm saying like it, it's it's finding the middle ground better. Where I Final think so. Fantasy 15 struggled. Yeah, but I liked Final Fantasy 15's combat. I enjoyed it. So right. I think I think this will be my the time that I finally see like Final Fantasy 7 through. Yeah, know, which yeah. is exciting. For It'll me, be my so. first time with it too. Like I, I played it for an hour. Like I played the PC version for an hour at like a cousin's house one time, and, I, and so you get it. Yeah, so I had the the, the Final Fantasy VII experience. But like this will be my first time. Like my yeah. my biggest concern with it is the scope of it. I think that sure. like I think I'd be more because like, I don't think anyone's criticism of Final Fantasy VII was that it was too short, right? Like I don't. No, it's a it's a good length for the base game. For so sure. like. It, it feels like them trying to like make it appeal to fans where it's like, hey, every aspect of this game, we're gonna have like a much more thorough version of that story. Yeah. And I'm curious to see like when that is good and when that is just gonna lead to like, well, I guess I wanted to know more, but maybe not this much more. And the fact that they're they're expanding it to out to however many games, I'm I'm curious to see how that'll affect like the overall story if it'll just feel like this long, very like uh, saga versus people who are like who already know the entire story just learning more about like oh, okay here's this aspect that may not be interesting on its own but if yeah. someone who understands the full story wants to know more about it right. like this is interesting but is it going to be interesting to someone who has not approached this yeah. world before and we should point out that there are some data mine leaks and stuff about the remake out the internet uh, i haven't looked at that stuff so we're not spoiling anything mm-hmm. that hasn't been released from square or anything like that but um yeah i mean it's if this game is 20 hours long and just focusing on Midgar, which is what I have prepped in my mind, it's like that would be awesome, right? But in terms yeah. of like getting, are they going to get too much into the drama of Avalanche as a team, yeah. stuff like that? Like, here's four hours on Red 13 or something like Well, that would be a dream come true because <laughs> he needs more time to shine. But uh, I think that ties into my main concern with Seven, even though it is my number one by a mile, is like I worry about the storytelling. I've had so little faith in Square for the last. 15 years uh just on a basic storytelling level it's sad to say right um and so i worry about that even like you know watching advent children stuff like that seeing my beloved Final Fantasy seven characters and i realize i'm sounding like somebody else was saying my beloved Final Fantasy seven characters <laughs> but uh seeing those characters talk like it's always a little bit jarring and it's just like those performances i worry they're going to take me out of it i worry some of the writing be maybe a little bit ham-fisted and overall i'm worried about them just hitting you over the head with Sephiroth so early, which it looks like they're doing. Like, they release screenshots where it's like, oh, it's Sephiroth in Shinra Tower very early on. Even in the demo, like, there's a flash of, like, a feather by the Mako reactor and stuff. And so I worry about them just saying, you like Sephiroth? Here's all the Sephiroth you can handle. And, and Sephiroth is a bird? Is that why the feather is a bird? Relevant? That's oh, right. Wow. He's a little yeah. one-winged bird. There's there's also, like, the George R. R. Martin trepidation of, like, when is this actually going to end? You know, that that's one of the things that I'm that right. had me deliberating where I should put it on my list of that like okay what I may be getting like a third of the story now yeah and how long is it going to take for the next I think it's going to take a it? long time this is going to be a Kentucky Route Zero situation where it's like oh yeah play it in 10 years and that's that's when I should have played it not I now. honestly think it is especially if you think about just Midgar they can probably reuse some art designs overall if this first game is just Midgar um, but then, like, the rest of the game, it's just pure variety, traveling the world. Like, I think just art alone, they're going to get bogged down creating these next installments. So I wouldn't mm. be surprised if it's two to three years. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nomura is known as a, as a closer, so, like, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I'm switching to, like, a dragon now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other, the other uh, you mentioned George R. R. Martin, at least with this, like, 
if you if you get uh, fed up waiting, like you can go find out what happens. I guess. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you, play the, you play a twenty hour version of the first at, like hour, and then you play just Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be so, so weird <laughs> if they like redirect you at the end of the game. Just find out what happens next. Buy this on the PlayStation Four store. Like, while you're waiting. Yeah. Uh, I forgot uh, that Nomura is co-directing this game. I think at first they announced he was directing, then they brought on co-directors and stuff. And so one of them, because uh, I went uh, way too deep into this stuff, is Motumu Toriyama, who's the co-director, co-director, and he started at Square working on Final Fantasy VII, doing a lot of the writing, and then he was the lead designer for the submarine section in Final Fantasy VII, oh. which... Ain't great, but we won't hold that against him. Um, Watch that part be like blown out and be amazing now. It could, it's like this yeah. one's this is my baby. The I'm true. fixing it. Final Fantasy VII Part Two: The Submarine. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so sweet. But then he also directed like Ten Two, Lightning Returns, stuff like that. But then the fascinating one is Nojima, who's the writer. He's like the scenario designer for Final Fantasy VII. A lot of the early Final Fantasies, like you know Seven, Eight, Nine in particular, which I guess we can call the early Final Fantasies at this point. Um, but he left. Range, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he left Square in 2008, and now he's just doing like freelance stuff. So he came back in and wrote uh, for like Mobius Final Fantasy, that mobile game and stuff. But mm. he's coming on as the lead writer then for the Final Fantasy VII remake, which I think is really interesting. And so looking at Nojima's history a little bit, I forgot that he helped create uh, the Subspace Emissary mode. Super Smash oh, Bros. Brawl. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I looked at an old Iwata ask because everything good in the universe and on the internet eventually leads back to Iwata ask. And here's Sakurai talking about it. He said, uh, at that point, I decided to ask Nojima-san to help us since he had composed the scenarios for titles like Final Fantasy VII. The first storyline he came up with, however, wasn't exactly what I was looking for. It went something like this. Quote, some of the characters are on a bus to the <laughs> on the way to the stadium. I like it already. Samus is there. Donkey Kong is there, and Snake is watching the bus from afar. <laughs> he goes, it was like that. I had envisioned a more serious tone for the story, something with some misfortune, like a single character escaping the total annihilation of his squadron and then fighting back while rounding up his allies. <laughs> Ultimately, right. together, we worked together and successfully organized our ideas into the storyline for Subspace Emissary. So, Serial, as a professional Smash Brothers fan fiction writer, yeah, what is yeah. your feedback on About Nojima's bus storyline? <laughs> so, I think that in that scenario, I think Samus and Snake are probably more equipped to work together than <laughs> Donkey Kong. And so, right. like, yeah. And by work together, you mean work together. Work together. That's right. He must have watched that. Uh, you remember that old Pokemon commercial where all the Pokemon get on the bus? That was his research for Smash. <laughs> Smash. He just watched his old Pokemon. And then he just commercials. showed me the original app for Super Smash Brothers sixty four, where they're all just kind of in suits and beating each yeah, other. Yeah, he said all the subspace. The only music track should be the turtles so happy together. It's <laughs> uh, a weird call. Um, but something with Fantasy Seven and the remake is. I is that, don't think wait. Is that why it's called Subspace Emissary? Because he's a, the submarine guy? Oh, oh no, that was a different guy. That's the director oh, okay. that was the sub guy. Sorry, I retract that joke. Sorry. <laughs> it's a good attempt, though. But I don't think I've paid enough attention to what Square has released that has shown that they are changing things. Obviously, it's like, okay, Sephiroth, more in the beginning, stuff like that. Because I guess they kind of have to if it's all Midgar and they want Sephiroth in that first game. But like they've shown that character that's a new soldier rebel, and his name is Roach. And he's the one. Mm -hmm. He's a new character, Mm -hmm. yeah. So their official description is Soldier Rebel Roach is always followed by the squeal of tires and the smell of burnt rubber. So he's like some other goon working for President Shinra that is on a motorcycle and it's like attacking you on the motorcycle, but that's going to be a weird detail. It's like, oh, here's just a new character named Roach Hmm. that I have to get used to in Final Fantasy VII. Or just weird stuff like in some of the trailers, they have like these weird dark spirits kind of like flying around Tifa's bar. 
they've shown it in a couple trailers, and it's just this bizarre concept of like, what could this possibly be? I don't really understand unless you just say some general Sephiroth freaky magic going on, but I don't know what mm. that's going to be. So think, I think it's going to be more different than people expect. Do you think there's going to be a lot of stuff in this game that was originally cut from 7? Is that, I don't have they know. mentioned that at all? No, they haven't. Like, we've always wanted there to be spirits at Tifa's bar, but we just couldn't <laughs> render them. We can only actually they, make the spirits in the bottle. Yeah, will they be adding fedoras to a number of characters? Or What is that a reference to? Resident Evil. Oh, fedora was cut, you know, in Resident Evil 2, but then they added it back for the remake. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, I don't know. I, they haven't really said too much. I haven't even heard stories about what was cut, what didn't make the cut for Final Fantasy VII to begin with, you know? So they, they could be pulling from that because they have Nojima on doing their storyline. I wouldn't be surprised. What do you think the odds are that the three of us will like it more than you do? Oh, yeah. Just yeah, because we're, we're going in with mm, no expectations whatsoever. And but yeah. you, it's kind of like the Star Wars thing of like you yeah. have this very distinct sense of what you think this Final Fantasy VII should be. And now they're messing with it, whereas we may just. I think go I do have, have a weird Star Wars sense as well with this. Of just, I I want to see it. I'm not going to be too pissy about the whole thing yeah. if they change things. Like it's it can't do damage. I don't think to my nostalgia. I've already had mm. so much Final Fantasy VII nonsense released that hasn't done any damage. So okay. even if it's a complete disaster, which I don't think it will be, it couldn't hurt it. It will be hard for you though to not see things and be like, oh, that's new. That's changed. For sure. Where for us, it'll be like, oh, Roach, okay. Yeah, cool. but I think it'll just like heighten the experience for me. I, I would so. be shocked if at the end of the year, this game wasn't higher up on okay. my list compared to your guys' Unless list. they changed something that you actually liked about the original, though. If is, they made... Is, would that, like, totally screw with you? If, like we talked about last week, Red 13 is now a man who farts a lot, yes, I would hate <laughs> that. Yeah. Whereas I would love it, so... That's right. That's right. Uh, I still think uh, the star of that show, no matter what, is going to be that soundtrack. Like, the glimpses sure. of the soundtrack they've released so far is just stunning. Uh, so I can't wait just to hear that. All right, well, that was my number four. So Great number four, <laughs> man. Kyla Hilliard, number four. Uh, Biomutant. There we Ooh. go. Which is, is one that, like, you hear about in these, like, bursts, and then they kind of go underground for a while. But, like, yeah. I just like the base concept of, like, playing as this anthropomorphic animal in this, like, maybe cyberpunky kind of, like, weird <laughs> futuristic world. It's almost like a Brian Jacks book or something but sci-fi kind of like Brian Jacques Jacques I think it's Jacques. Jacks the, the Red, Red Wall, Wall. Stuff? Yeah. yeah yeah like it's almost like that kind of approach and like I like that it's open world and I like I we talked recently about how you can I like games where you can expand your like abilities like your platforming abilities and stuff like that and yeah. it sounds like that's kind of the sort of upgrade system for that game is like you're expanding like what you can do in like an action sense yeah and it just it just has a great look to it like I just I want to see what that game is and what's about like it's one of those things where like if you laid out all these you know 2020 games out in front of me and if I could just pick one to play I'd be like I am so curious what Biomutant is because yeah. like there's not much history to the developer really and they like, came from the team that made just cause and okay stuff yeah and yeah but like yeah. they're generally new like it's a new team isn't it or am i yeah. mistaken about that okay so yeah so that's why i'm excited for biomutant because i'm just very curious about what that game is going to be for and sure I think it looks, just looks cool i'm curious what a thq nordic budget would do to that ambitious yeah. open world design because it yeah. seems like a game that could balloon in a big way so i'm curious how they can rein it in for 20 yeah i mean or... i don't mind if it's like a smaller world that's yeah. condensed as long as it's you know interesting that's also one of those games where it seems like anyone who actually sees it or you know goes to a demo of it or whatever is much hotter on it than kind of the 
basic general interest in that game. Like, yeah. I know Jeff Cork has been talking about that game for yeah. years, it seems, because I they mean, keep showing it at Gamescom. Yeah, you know, yeah. When we were at Game Informer, it was one that we would always try to be like, we should we should look into getting this on the cover. You know, like, we, not that we had a lot of control over that necessarily. Uh-huh. Like, that was like an Andy game. Right. But, like, that was one that, like, I was always like, I would love to see that on the cover. I would like to, a deep dive on that game. You know? Right. The deepest dives, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Uh, mine. When's that f- one come out? Um, I don't think I think it's just 2020 in general at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's right. vague. Could yeah. come out. Are we only day. doing confirmed games, by the way? What's that? The games that we know for sure are coming out this year. And you can you can fudge it if you need to. I mean, Biomutant games that you think you are know? going to come out yeah. in 2020, okay. right? Uh, mine, I'm pretty confident it's coming out in 2020. Even though last year, I think on the Game Informer Show podcast, I said it's one of my most anticipated games for 2019. But it's Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Oh, okay. Uh, scheduled for March 20th right now on the Switch. I am just I'm hungry for that community. I'm hungry to be on Twitter when Animal Crossing comes out mm. and everyone's going to be so positive and sharing little things. There were like flavors of it with Pocket Camp. I didn't play that crap. I'm saving <laughs> all of my gusto for a new official Animal Crossing. And it's been so long since New Leaf. I think people are just going to be awash in good vibes. Yeah, it will be fun to just, because I'm not a big Animal Crossing guy, but it is, you're right, like looking at Twitter when that game comes out, it's going to be a lot of screenshots of cute animals saying funny things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like, yeah, that's, that's great. Absolutely. You know? and, and like the entire hook with this one, obviously, is, oh, pulling from Minecraft, they're going to have crafting in it, uh, and you're going to like this island to like build it out. It's an unexplored island. I think that's realistically going to be the first couple hours of the game, and the rest of the game is just going to feel like an old Animal Crossing. And I'm totally fine with that. I'm ready for just that experience. I think it's going to sell bananas on the yeah. switch i think everybody's going to be playing animal crossing in march i think that's one that sales wise like we will be sort of impressed you know what i mean because like the switch just has this insane install base and that's like a lot of people bought a switch to play animal crossing in advance yeah, and so for yeah. sure um and even though i say i'm excited for the community i was thinking about it because the big thing with this one is like oh eight players can play together you can play what four locally and stuff um but it's like, i don't think i want to play with anybody <laughs> Like, do you are you excited about playing with anybody else? I'm not excited about playing the game. Well, at you're all, wrong. Really. But no, but I'm with you. Like, I would just kind of want to be on that island by myself and explore myself and yeah. meet my own characters. And I, might... I don't want you running circles around me. Right. You know? Maybe I'll have like one gimmicky night where I'll check out somebody else's town, but I feel like, ah, they can send me a screenshot or I'll look at a stream. <laughs> like, I, I'll see other towns. It's less mystical than send it was back on the GameCube, right? Of like, yeah. oh, taking the train to this other town. It's, it's such a huge deal. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it so much. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Are you still a human in that game? Or can you pick like, can you be an you can animal? Be human. Yeah. But you can can't... you be an animal? No. no. You've never been able to be an animal. The whole point is that you're crossing paths with the animals as the lone human. Actually, that's a good question. I don't know. Have they, do they call you out in Animal Crossing as being different? <laughs> hey, wait a second. Has, I don't know. That's a it's good been question. a while. So. Please write in if there's any hint of like them. I think they just treat you as freak. another animal, you know? Yeah. Because everyone's an individual animal. I mean, so. technically we are. Technically kind of, yeah, we are. You, you and me ain't nothing but memories. <laughs> <laughs> that was the original yeah. subtitle for Animal Crossing. They, so the, end, the GameCube version that came out in America was yeah. not the first Animal Crossing, right? Or was it an upgraded? Well, it started on the 64DD. Okay, in yeah, Japan, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the one that the GameCube Animal Crossing is that, not that game. I think right? it was the, a version of that game. Okay, as That's far as I was I wondering, I was like, is there? Did they miss some opportunity to like localizing those games? Must just be hell. But like, oh yeah, but like putting that N sixty four game on the Wii U or something like that. You know? Oh, interesting. No, I think it basically be the first one. Yeah. I think, okay. As far as I know, they're pretty close. Um, serial number three. 
Uh, my number three is Guilty Gear Strive. There we go, mm. sir. Oh, they got a they got a normal name this time around. Well, I mean, they 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 couldn't go any further than three X's, right? Four like X. That's <laughs> that's a strategy game at that point. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're doing a lot of interesting things with the game. Obviously, like they're building on the the like their wonderful like Unreal Engine meets cell shading technology. So like, there's a lot more animation interpolation. If you know what that is, it's basically like rather than animating individual frames. And kind of making it look like a cartoon, they're leaning a little bit more into like, like, like the the models actually flowing like they're 3D models yeah. a little bit, but they're mixing that with the cartoon style. So there's like moments where, you know, if you get like a counter hit, uh, like the the camera pans and there's like a, a lot smoother action basically. So it looks a lot better uh, than than excerpt, which I didn't think was possible. But like they're doing that, and they're they're also kind of um, taking a step back and kind of rebuilding the the entire engine basically they're saying okay what works in from excerpt and you know guilty gear is a series and they're kind of like rebuilding the game from scratch and saying like okay let's examine all these concepts that have become like very standard in guilty gear and let's kind of figure out if they still work and if we still want to use them do you think um i think guilty gear is always amazing to look at but it's very intimidating on a couple mm -hmm. fronts because any fighting game is intimidating to get into in, in some respect but then also like I'm never quite sure which is just like an iteration and when it's a good jumping in point. And this is like this one. What's it called again? Uh, Strive. Strive? Yeah. This is like whole new entry, the yeah. best jumping on point in a while. I would say so, yeah. Like I, I think that, I mean, even Exert was that when they came back out. But like obviously they always add new iterations and they always, you know, make the game more complex. And the thing, like they're kind of pitching it less is like, okay, this is for new players or whatever. And more is like we're just kind of, we want we want to change so much that it doesn't matter whether you're new or a veteran like everyone just has that even playing ground and i think in you know in the fighting game community like a lot of people have become really wary about that stuff of like oh you're just kind of simplifying it and you're making you're dumbing it down for like a general audience but i think the the case has always been that like no matter how simple you start like players will always find these little like tweaks and and ways to play the game that always makes it a more technical game in the long run so i think just thinking about it as like just jump on now because like they're going to do a lot better uh, job of introducing you to those concepts versus them having fewer concepts to deal with. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think a lot of their redesigns for a lot of the characters are interesting. Um, the way that, that like they're kind of focusing on like shorter combos that do more damage and kind of you know focusing on that aspect. I think I'm really excited about and I'm curious to see like because all like even fighters and, and Grand Blue, which is also this year, have used that same look. But then like this is like the series that they really care about. Like this is kind of their Mortal Kombat versus like Injustice or something like that. Yeah. Um, where they say like this is this is us basically. Like this th this is the core of what we want to do and everything we do um, will be based on this you know kind of center going forward. Right. So, like I mean I'm excited and like as someone who came onto Exer pretty late in its life cycle and kind of only very recently got to to the point where it's like oh i think guilty gear is cool versus like i don't know this it's another anime fighter i'm not like i'm more of a street fighter person so um being on the on the ground floor with this one i think is going to be exciting for me personally yeah. yeah i mean i think there's a lot of potential for that audience to kind of balloon just from mm -hmm. dragon ball goodwill right you know what i mean from just being able to say like hey those people that brought you fighters like this is their pillar Right, like, just like this is the next thing from the from the Dragon Ball people, whereas Grand Blue is going to be like, well, if you like that, if you like that series and want another fighting game, like you can do that. But like, for for people who are hardcore into Dragon Ball, like, yeah. and at this point, if like, you were impressed this, by Dragon Ball, you're really going to be impressed by this. Yeah, like this yeah. is like more technical than that. Even, yeah. Right? So, well, that's why Birthdays the New Beginning blew up because like <laughs> Arc System Works made this. <laughs> Come on, they just published it, right? Uh, no, they developed it. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, as far as I understand, uh, Guilty Gear Strive. The release window is late 2020. Yeah, because Grand Blue's earlier in the year, and then Guilty Gear. I have, oh, okay. a, I have, 
I think it's reasonable that that game will probably get delayed, but I could see it. It'd be an interesting launch title. Yeah, that'd be sure. awesome. This I thought is Grand Blue like a larger franchise that also yes. has RPGs. It's a and, mobile thing, yeah. And then they're doing the, they're doing a fighting game as well. Yeah. So like Grand Blue is like a mobile game in Japan. Yeah. It's kind of mobile sort RPG, of pop, right? Yeah. And yeah. then they're also making an like a console RPG. Uh, I don't remember what the name of that is. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy, I think. Yeah, and so which that was people are excited about. Right? Platinum was developing it, developing it, and then there's a I weird see. like shift over. They're like, and you take it, and so it seems like maybe it wasn't going well, or it's just like a unusual handoff near the yeah. end yeah. of development. But yeah, but that that one's more about like, hey, the, your individual skills has cooldowns, but if you want to do the actual motion, it's a little bit more powerful. But mm. um, right. I hope they fix the netcode. I think like, you know, netcode has kind of been like the the next thing that people want fixed because like you know. Uh, rollback netcode is seen as kind of a, like the standard, and a lot of Japanese developers, especially, aren't taking to it um, yeah. because I think that you know they maybe do a lot of their testing in Japan, where the servers are a lot better, and so like rollback is a lot better for most other situations, um, which is interesting because like they just there was a whole thing with Street Fighter Five where uh, like that game ro- uses rollback netcode, but people don't like the way it's implemented; and it's kind of spotty. But I guess this modder was looking at the code and was like, "Oh, I think there's like a weird error," and like in two days he fixed the netcode basically so that if you patch it mm. with his patch the netcode is like pristine mm. in a way that it ha- has never been for street fighter but only against people who have that patch so it's this weird oh, bisecting okay. of like so they need, they need to take that patch and implement it across the board right okay. so it's like whether is capcom going to do that is kind of like the larger question because it's like this, it's this fan built thing they don't know you know like is do we would we pay them at that point like how, is this is this a legal thing they have to get into but mm. whether but it, like it's frustrating because like the fact that someone that some random guy was able to do it in two days kind of speaks to like, well, they leave it in on purpose or like, what are they doing here? What like, yeah. why, why isn't, why wasn't this fixed earlier? Yeah. But true. like, so going forward with like stuff like even Arcs is like, I think, I still think their lobby system kind of sucks. Uh, where you have to go into a virtual like arcade. Is it basically. all like the Dragon Ball Fighters yeah. thing? Yeah. So which oh, so there's no there's not a lot of like direct like I just want a game I just want to make a lobby with my friends and, and yeah. play that. So I hope I hope they don't do that this time around. I hope they actually have good netcode. But yeah. uh, I'm excited to just play that game. You know, on a basic level. Yeah. Definitely. Jeff Rocky Fava number three. Yeah, number three. I think it's coming out in 2020. Oh, here we go. In case I missed anything, but it would be Watch Dogs Legion. There it is. So it's an ambiguous window where Ubisoft says it was delayed, but in this fiscal Mm. year, so it's going to come out between April and March of next year. So most likely this year, right? Close enough. Probably launch. We're going to count it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And the reason that I'm excited, I... I still am like one of the outspoken people who like the first Watch Dogs, yeah. even though that game gets dumped on all the time. People just we... dump on Aiden, right? Yeah, the main character. Which, and I did too. I I totally hated him, and I said so in my review. What? Yeah. A, yeah, I mean, the, the first entry in that game sowed a lot of bad seeds for that series that I don't think it's maybe yeah. fully recovered. Mm-hmm. I think Watch Dogs Two did a lot of good for that series. Yeah, which yeah. then everyone loved Watch Dogs Two, and it's like core gameplay is still very similar. But I they've mean, been selling yeah. great no matter what, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's uh, a three. So, <laughs> but yeah, there but isn't so actually. Wow. The the reason that I like it so much though is because it's all systems driven this time, and it and it gets into Molden for Holden territory with me. <laughs> uh, I like, I like that's become like a phrase now. Yeah, which, which is that they they have created it so that you can recruit anyone, and those those characters kind of make up your crew, and then they are the ones who are in all like the story kind of just yeah. dynamically revolves around them as a group. And, yeah. But then as you're playing, if one of your characters dies, there's a permadeath angle to it. And I'm that, so that That is 
that is legit one of my like fantasy dream games like those kind of concepts in them that's why i was always so super interested in state of decay which you know had its own problems that kind of dropped it down a notch but for for ubisoft to do that in one of their open world games which they are still very good at making uh has me very excited for sure and especially with clint hawking at the mm-hmm. helm i love that he's swinging big going back to old splinter cell days stuff yeah. like that he's been kind of far cry 2 he's been mm-hmm. rambling around the industry yeah. and now he's coming he's, home and i he's love he's willing to take those kind of you know like crazy like when when they started announcing this stuff it's like this is insane like yeah. why why would ubisoft take this kind of risk it's the kind of risks we want them to take but yeah. they're actually doing it for once yeah. the thing that bums me out mm-hmm. is that apparently you can't recruit anybody out of the gate that it like unlocks. So by mm. the end of the game, you can recruit absolutely anybody. But at least at E3, the where they were framing it as like, well, it'll be gated, so you can only unlock. I don't know what the gate is exactly. Like level one pedestrians sure. at this point, something mm-hmm. like that. Which I want that thrill immediately. But you know, yeah. what are you gonna do? It it'll be an interesting problem because like I I I'm super on board with the idea of it being a decentralized narrative where it's not like it's not like one guy doing everything and he's like you know uber competent and like mm-hmm. able to do whatever. I like the idea of like well this person did this part of the like the the thing that we needed to do to overthrow the regime and like how it split across that way but I have to imagine that presents like a huge like narrative problem of like how do we like write like a, a through line around this yeah. that that isn't super muddled and has to account for people dying. Yeah, and to be clear, this may be a complete disaster. It'll be an interesting disaster, yes. though. Yes. Like Far Cry Two. That I want them to take those chances. Yeah, and like I've never, I've never had a lot of faith in like the narratives of these games, as we've, as we've talked about with some of the characters and the story elements. So. Not having actual specific characters, yes, could be a a huge headache, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that they're trying. And, I, I, and that's interesting to me. Yeah. Like the emergent narrative of that, even when they were just showing in the demos where it's like they have a character, you know, going through on this mission and then all of a sudden they're just dead and they're gone. I and, love they, it. and, you know, they have other characters talking about it that like, yeah, this person's gone. And knowing that you are the cause of that. You know, in a story setting is super interesting. Especially, yeah. I mean, if it detracts from the power of the main story, 50%, whatever it is, totally worth it in my yeah. mind just to have mm-hmm. those moments of like, Rebecca! Yeah. yeah. Or, or, you know, you, you have <laughs> you know. like... You Rebecca. Have, Rebecca. Rebecca have, moments, yeah. And like you have a character that I they've talked about, like, you know, demo, like different scenarios and stuff where it's like you have one of those characters and they get captured yeah and then you have a mission where you can go you know free your your other character that you have like mm-hmm. that kind of storytelling emergent storytelling yeah. stuff is super interesting too, yeah which I, ho- I hope it all works but yeah i'm excited to play it sweet kyle number three number three speaking of ubisoft open world games uh i'm really excited for gods and monsters there we go which is another one of those that's like might slip into 2021 and i wouldn't be surprised it's in the same window as watchdogs so no one really knows but they originally announced it for february of 2020 so if they're that confident that it could come out that early yeah i mean i i hope so i i just like the because like the premise is kind of like you know the it's the setting not the setting, but like you know, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you know that sort of Greek-inspired world, but like maybe leaning into the more of the fantasy side of things. Yeah. and like, I mean, Breath of the Wild is like front and center, right? It's like no, a, no, no. Ubisoft described it very clearly. It's an open world with a painterly look. It has nothing to do <laughs> with Breath of the Wild, but absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. why I think we're both barking up this tree. Yeah, I just, I mean, I like the idea of Ubisoft sort of playing that game and being like, I don't, and it, you know, who knows if it? It's, I don't think it was that direct. I don't think they played Breath no. of the Wild and they're like, yeah, we can do something like this. But I, I'm sure, like as they're developing and they looked at Breath of the Wild and like 
you know, hope it probably influenced it in some ways. But yeah. like, I just, I'm, I, and it also, I'm kind of excited about it being. And I don't even know if this is fair, but it almost feels like a PG PG thirteen kind of like window for like an open world Ubisoft game. Yeah, for which, sure. Which like I'm I'm into. Like I'm I'm looking forward to like an open world game where I'm not necessarily slicing around with yeah. a sword. You know. And so the entire framing is a little bit like. Well, um, I'm, I'm sure you will have a sword, by the way. I just I mean like severing off limbs and blood flying everywhere. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean those those gods can be really spooky. They're robots. The <laughs> monsters are right there. It's very frightening. Um. But yeah, speaking to that younger age, like it's framed a little bit like Princess Bride, where apparently the entire game is going to be framed where it's Homer telling his oh, that, grandkids. See, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Telling his grandkids about all oh, the crazy adventures of Phoenix, who's the main character, right? Uh, and then the kids, because Homer's using a magical liar to tell the story, they can like see it. And so throughout the game, apparently, like the kids' narration will be popping up, like, did that really happen that way, Gramps mm. and stuff? I want to play Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> See that all, that, and now that's a, like a Prince of Persia: Sands of Time kind of yeah, layer that yeah. I really enjoy too. Like I love in Sands of Time when you would die, the prince would be like, "Oh, oh wait, actually, hold on, that's not how that happened." And I bet stuff they're like going to be pulling from like that for little sure. Touches of that, so and I'm so excited about it because it's Ubisoft Quebec who made Syndicate and, and <coughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And the part that blows my mind, looking into it, it's the same director, this Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Dumont, who, same director as Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So like so he's been busy. <laughs> I don't know how he made that leap, but like it'll feel like even though it's new IP and I love seeing new IP this late in the generation. Yeah, yeah. But it's new IP that is so built on that exact team's experience with Assassin's Creed Odyssey that it'll feel like it'll have a little bit of that refinement of like a sequel. Yeah. In a way, you know, because it's like that's the way they describe it too. It's like, oh, we loved Assassin's Creed, but we had so many ideas about a more like fantastical version of this story. Yeah. Let's make this beautiful looking version of that. Yeah, I like the idea of exploring. Yeah, like the more fantasy sort of colorful version of you know Greek mythology is. Is, is exciting for so, sure and yeah. they released a surprising amount of stuff like in this little ubisoft done interview on their site and stuff apparently the island's called the isle of the blessed uh let's see you play as phoenix a customizable hero the gods of olympus have fallen to typhon the most fearsome monster in greek mythology and it'll be up to you to save them uh we follow the story of a forgotten hero who sets out on the quest to save the greek gods what's going to be weird is like you're going to be saving greek gods you're going to be getting new abilities along the way like oh this god will let you double jump and explore new areas so it's like it's like reverse god of war it's like exactly <laughs> you're going and rescuing gods but then thinking about reverse god of war but also it's going to be a weird simpatico thing with hades which we played mm. on the great goatee hunt from yeah. super giant of like encountering greek gods and then they give you abilities based on their god powers yeah but it seems like a great format for a game. Yeah, I'm ex- so I'm excited for it. I, I'd like to see it this year, but I it's one of those ones where like if it gets pushed into 2021, if that press release comes through, it I'm not gonna be super surprised, right. you know. Also, I forgot that it was coming to Switch. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. Are you gonna play the Switch version? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, what if it chugs a little? Tugs a little. I'll probably still play it on Switch. Really? I mean, I like that's what I and maybe it was a mistake with Bloodstain, but that's what I did with mm. Bloodstain because I just the the ability to play on the go. I'm just like. I have so much more availability to play Switch than I do console games. Like it's yeah. it's like ninety ten percent. Where are I mean? you playing these games, Kyle? What and what do you mean? Purely like when, the when you're on the go, like just sitting in my oh, bed when my kids watching TV and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of thing. Door locked. Couch. You know, on the go. <laughs> on the go. <laughs> I just walk around the house playing mm. on the toilet when you gotta sense. go, and then I bring You're my Switch go. with me uh, in all these situations where I know I'm not gonna play. Like I brought it with me today. I'm not gonna play Switch while. <laughs> I mean, no. you could, you could be playing. What if there was a whole podcast where you were just playing the Switch the whole time? Let's do it. I won't fire you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not for that anyway. That's right. <laughs> 
Uh, my number three is a game that has not been announced yet, which is Shady, but the leaks have been so strong, it very much seems like it's on the way. The Call of Duty Battle Royale. Um, oh. Whether or not that's okay. connected to Modern Warfare. Standalone game? Well, we don't know, right? If okay. I had to guess, oh, I would think that it's connected. <laughs> right? I think it, it hurts to guess. <laughs> I bet it'll be released within the next couple months, and it'll be connected to Modern Warfare. It'll be... Something you buy free? Oh, I mean, you don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be separate from whatever Call of Duty they're planning to release this yeah. year. Yeah, well, it seems like it's going to be Black Ops 5 this year, is what Kotaku was rumoring mm-hmm. to say. But this is going to be a separate thing. I do think it's connected to Modern Warfare. I believe that this thing is real. Um, but the release structure, I have no idea. So maybe they'll release it a little bit like they did with Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, right? Where it's like connected to Infinite Warfare at the time. And then back in June of that year is when they released Call of Duty. Modern Warfare Remastered standalone. So mm-hmm. maybe they do a similar structure where like first half of the year within the next month and a half or something, they release it as Modern Warfare kind of DLC and then have a standalone version that can be more adaptable moving forward. Yeah. I mean, they just they just need a free game on the digital storefront that just says Call of Duty Battle Royale. 100%. Right? That would be the I smartest mean, move. And like, I think and then they, they just could get away it with it. Like it becomes yeah. Call of Duty's first stab at a live service right. game, right? And this is where the beauty of competition... Oh, I guess there's the mobile games. But right, no. right. But uh, the beauty of competition comes into play because you think about like Apex Legends has set a pretty good standard for a free-to-play battle royale and now mm-hmm. like to hold Activision to that of like, all right, don't nickel and dime us, you SOBs, because we can go <laughs> over to Apex Legends if we want. Like I would love for EA and Activision to battle in that space because I just I would love another battle royale experience uh, in, with the Call of Duty mechanics. But there were those leaks that say it's going to be like a 200-player count mm-hmm. uh, and those things about like if you die, you can get a chance to be revived by doing a 1v1 in a gulag and stuff. Like, yeah. They sound Which, really fun. It, yeah, all that stuff sounded really interesting. I worry about how convoluted and practical that might be for more casual players, selfishly like myself, yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, I could if I first first my teammate has to figure out where the gulag is and he has to go there and then do something. Well, I think it's just like a revive token. I think it's a little bit like Apex Legends. I don't think it'll be too common. I right? hope Your so. teammates won't be that helpful, I promise. Mm-hmm. You'll just be dead most of the time. What do you time. think the Black Ops 5 logo looks like? Five stripes, f- four That's stripes, right. and like a cross through them. Mm-hmm. Is it like a V? It's a V, it, right? It's yeah. going to be a V. It's just going to be David Vonderhaar going, I don't know. <laughs> Making a V. Yeah. I think... The YMCA logo. <laughs> I think in the rapid fire we did for Call of Duty... Black Ops 4, I think I think one of the questions I asked him was, Black Ops 5 is just a stupid name, right? And he says, something like, well, some people think 4 is a stupid name. So like, I would not be surprised if the official Call of Duty coming out this fall then is just Black Ops 5. Black Op, singular. Oh, that's very smart. Uh, and then the S is the 5. five. Yeah. Oh. Same, same 5 as the PS5 logo, actually. Oh. Yeah. Nailed it. Oh. <laughs> uh, We're haunted. <laughs> no reefs, no reefs. They actually uh, have ghosts in the bar in this one, actually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Was that um, cut from the original? <laughs> <laughs> that was cut from the original Battle Royale, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number two, Serial. Uh, no More Heroes 3. Wow, okay. Um, I th- So for a while, I've been kind of down on, on Suda's games in, in um, recent years. Cause, like, not because they're bad. That, this but, is you being down on his games? Well, because <laughs> like, everything before Strikes Again. Basically, okay, was because sure, sure. like it like he was making like decent games, but they always felt like okay, what if we made like a hack and slash game, but it was kind of kooky or like what Let if it we made die a, and stuff? Yeah, so like, but they felt like fairly traditional structurally, which is the reason I fell in with pseudo games because is like they did feel very surreal, both in like 
concept and in execution. Like No More Heroes is a game where you're doing part-time jobs to to like work your way up in a list of assassins, and it, it's like an open world game, sort of, but not really. Um, so like Travis Strikes Again kind of proved that he could still make that kind of very weird off kilter game for me. Suda Strikes Again, yeah. Uh, and so like uh, seeing like the, I mean. The goddamn superhero trailer, like that fake out was kind of like the the story it, it's telling itself isn't super interesting, but like the fact that he's willing, like that signals a lot a larger shift in his approach. I right. actually disagree with you on that. I think what that you, that trailer was super interesting, and the story that they were telling there like got me more interested in really? playing No More Heroes three than like anything has at this point. Really, hmm. have you guys That's, seen it? It's basically yeah. like I mean, it was at the game. It was at the game yeah, awards so. like that because I didn't fully understand what it was when I started watching it and I was like this is really interesting what is this and then it almost became a twist that it was like no more heroes. right like, so mm-hmm. I so that actually is super exciting okay I really like that trailer a lot but, like to me it feels like that trailer is like a prologue and not like going to be the story of the game yeah but it at least sets the table right, right? like yeah, that, yeah. that and that's why that table setting I'm, is I'm really excited cool more me. for that yeah. reason and a lot pulling a lot of stuff seeing that it is going to pull from Travis Strikes Again because like there's a, a not so subtle allegory about like John Rigatello in Travis Strikes Again and like oh, that, really? that character is supposed to be uh, an allegory for John Rigatello and a part of no more Part of Strikes Again's narrative is how disappointed he was with the development of uh, Shadow Strikes Again or uh, uh, Shadows, Shadows of the Damned. Um, and Wait, how... do they have a character that looks like John Riccatello? There's a gar- there's a character who I, I forget his specific name, but his name is like super similar to John Riccatello, and he's <laughs> like a, he's a mega mega maniacal maniac in that game. <laughs> what? And so like it, and he's that's the character that like the goddamn superhero trailer follows, and so like. Because he's like the C- when you when the aliens invade, he's like a CE- he's like a rich guy and he's like, yeah. he's, he's a CEO. So it's like he I'm guessing he is going to be he's the bad guy who controls all the the, the things you're trying to kill in No More Heroes three. Yeah. Uh, and so like that part of it is super interesting. Like how how he's it, like the fact that he's not, it's not just like a one off joke and it's like I want to make this about this specific thing. I love that. Uh, it's super cool and like I watching like I went back and watched like some some videos of like No More Heroes and I remember like the comedy game I actually really like and so like see, seeing how he's going to build on that and how that's going to work I, I'm like I haven't seen any gameplay of it uh, the only thing that I'm not super into is like I don't think the look of it looks super interesting doesn't feel doesn't feel like um, it's making like it doesn't look super great to me like the models is and that stuff. just a matter of being a Switch exclusive maybe but like there are better looking Switch games I think but yeah. you know I haven't, seen the, I, yeah, I haven't seen the game in action but like I, I'm excited to see like I'm hoping that he he takes that normal Heroes formula and kind of me- uses it to tell a more off-kilter story uh, than he has been in recent years and, it, it, and that it's more that like Travis Strikes Again. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about a suit game for like more than I have been in a long time, which is, yeah. which is pretty cool. And still ambiguous 2020 release date. For yeah, one. it's like a 2020. Yeah. Okay. They awesome. also showed Travis like skidding to a stop like Kanida. Yeah, Kira, so he, he, he does that. He, so he makes so I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love that in games or movies or anything when they're trying to attack like a real CEO, but making a villain or some dumb person mm. in the game look like that. Like I think <laughs> like of a like, DLC in near. What's that? There's a DLC in near where you fight the CEO of. Oh, that's Square. right. But that's like very direct, and okay. that's also very fun. But I love like the subtle jabs. Like even mm. I think I remember hearing in the development of the Incredibles. Mm. That like uh, they're coming up with character designs for Syndrome, and then Redbird's like, "Yep, I love it." And then later on, I was like, "Wait a minute, That's Syndrome me. looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the yeah, monster yeah, yeah. that screams at everybody all the time." Yeah, <laughs> I'll be damned. I'm Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, Jeffum. Yeah, number two is Ghosts of Tsushima. Oh, mm. great! Yeah, and so, uh, you know, I think we've talked about this before, but. 
I am excited for it because it's coming from Sucker Punch, and I've, I've always liked their open-world games, but I'm also excited to see them get out of the infamous yeah. kind of churn, you know, and do... I It it feels like, like that first infamous game established a blueprint of what they... of kind of their approach to open-world games, and I want to see, you know, after a decade or more... Yeah. For them to, to see... To, Kind of reset, you know, the blueprint and do, do kind of the next iteration of what they what they want from an open world game. And I think, for me, the setting and the historical time period is super interesting. You know, and the everything that I've seen from it, like it, it is just visually stunning already. Yeah. And and they, it looks like they have they have put a lot of time into making it authentic as well. You know, they've. I saw one thing that said that they went to Japan to record sounds of birds so that the birds are authentic to what Japanese birds sound like. Or at least on this island. Yeah, and, yeah. And there's, a, there's a weird story, too, that I heard where I think it was Shuhei Yoshida was talking about it, where that a bunch of people from PlayStation and Sucker Punch went to scout out the actual island of Tsushima. I believe that's an island, right? Um, sure. And that, like, the local newspaper wrote a big story about it, about, like, check out all these PlayStation developers here scanning objects on Tsushima from Sucker Punch. And, like, apparently that story was out there and just nobody in the game press found really? it. Really? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Funny. That's embarrassing. Yeah, I, I'm super excited about that game, but it is it is mostly, maybe even entirely, just based on Sucker Punch because I love Sly Cooper. I love the Infamous series. more Robots than, more on than Wheels. Most. Rob, right, or Rad, or something like that. I never played it, but um, uh, yeah, and and like the, I just because they've been sort of uh, out of the loop for a while. Like they just haven't. It's after Second Sun DLC came out, like they haven't really, I haven't heard anything from them. So like, yeah. I'm just super excited to see what they have next. And like the setting is cool, but like it's really secondary to me to just see what's coming next from Sucker Punch. Because I, in some ways, I almost feel like they're like an underrated developer. Like when I people so. talk about. Naughty Dog and Insomniac. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like Sucker Punch should be in that circle as well. They are for me, so I just I want to see what they're doing next. Well, I think and everything I, I've seen just looks exciting. It's you know? largely because I feel like they've been pretty dormant this generation. Like they had Second they Sun, been. right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It kind of made me want to go back. Should I play that Infamous First Light? I never played that DLC. You know, it's a standalone thing. That might be kind of fun to play even yeah. before I mean, Ghost of Tsushima came. Comes if you out. like Infamous, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, like like a enough, of, yeah. it's like a new set of powers. You know, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And yeah. and that's that's the kind of thing where it's just like. And I think that's one of the reasons that they're not talked about in that tier is it's they've just been in infamous mode for so long mm -hmm. yeah. that people are ready for them to step out and do something kind of like Gorilla also, you know, with right. Horizon where it's like, holy crap, like they can they can do so much more than they have kind of been stuck in that rut. But what's crazy is it's such a hurdle to create new IP mm -hmm. uh, for a studio even as talented as Sucker Punch, right? So they've been working so long to create Ghost of Tsushima and it's been... I guess if you include the DLC, it's been what like six years now to yeah, create this new like IP. That, yeah. That's why you got to tip the cap even more to Gorilla for creating Horizon Zero Dawn in what three and a half years, mm -hmm. a whole new IP, a whole new genre. Like yeah. that's mind-boggling. They didn't have to fly to Japan to scan rocks and that birds. is true and hide from the paparazzi. <laughs> all their birds are yeah. fake, <laughs> and, and all these birds are robots. <laughs> and they, I mean, they were also talking about you know they've hired like historical sword fighting experts to make sure that the sword fighting is authentic and yeah. stuff. And I think yeah. they've, they've put a lot of emphasis so far on the story, which they've also, you know, talked about. They've been drawing from Kurosawa films and all this kind of things. And I'm, 
I don't know what to expect from the story, but I yeah. like that the story is more of a focus for an open world game yeah, because that's right. not always the case too. And again, the setting and the historical time period and stuff like that really it's does all, it for me. It's as also well, exciting so. to have someone other than Ubisoft sort of trying to make it sort of a historically accurate mm-hmm. game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ubisoft has been doing that. Like they, they, they're the only ones that have been doing that for like what feels what like 15 years now at this mm-hmm. point so yeah, yeah it's and, a very exciting yeah and some of the I think the latest trailer had a montage of just different locations and I mean it's just gorgeous yeah. and there's so much variety in there and it's it's all places where it's like man I want to go and live there you know <laughs> much less play a game there that's super exciting yeah very so. curious to see what the actual like gameplay loop if we're using a very reductive term uh, is like yeah because they should like the one thing of gameplay that I saw was like maybe stealth based where it's like he snuck up on a guy and he stabbed him but like what is the like what is the long term how, how does this game play over the long term are you collecting it, things yeah you yeah. know like are you fast traveling places right like yeah. what, like it, how much of that sword fighting are you doing is it like a you know here are five guys that you're you're killing or is it like every once in a while there's like one opponent that you kind yeah. of that basically acts as a boss yeah yeah so that's my number two love it uh, deep cut my favorite Sucker Punch fact uh, was back at Game Informer, we visited the studio and made a video about like the origins of Infamous. And in that, they talked about like pitching new IP in that generation. So it would have been around like the end of the PlayStation 2 and stuff so when they were talking they, about Sony. They were Sony. done with Sly Cooper, right? Yeah. yeah. And they pitched Sony. I think they were still third party at this point. And they pitched Sony on a game called Uncharted. Yeah. That was about exploring an island filled with dinosaurs. And Sony's mm. like, hmm, interesting. And the I island originally know. had ghosts in it, <laughs> right, but they had to right. cut those out. But it's very weird. Then, like, oh, not even comes up with Uncharted, but like, I can't imagine. I would love to know how it actually happened. But yeah. the way they described it was like, it's just the word Uncharted. Like, it's reasonable it's that good... two studios came up with the same name. It's yeah. not like Sony was secretly channeling that name, but maybe they did. Wouldn't that be interesting too? I mean, it's a good name for a game, just even outside of, you know, where it landed. It could be anything. It's just exploring something that's unexplored. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Number two, Kyle? Resident Evil 3. That's right. Remake, um, which is really just off the back of how much I liked Resident Evil 2. Like, I don't have a lot of nostalgia for 3. I played it for the first time in 2000. 13 or 14. Oh, wow. Um, We're going to fact check you, so if you you got (laughs) it. Check my Vita save file and stuff. But I just, I liked, uh, I'm... I, I like Resident Evil 2 so much that I just want to I want more of that you know what I mean like yeah. I want to see what the, and there's also there were like little things that I heard like they announced that, uh, that I guess 3 had multiple endings and I guess the remake isn't going to which mm. is like weirdly exciting to me like I would rather just have like one campaign to go through like even 2 I didn't like you, they're the two campaigns you choose from I would rather have just everything take place in like one campaign mm. you know um, and it just I'm curious how they're going to implement Nemesis. Like, it's Resident Evil 2 is so good. I'm just excited yeah. to see what's next. Did and you I watch? do want to, I'll check out the multiplayer game. Like, I like that yeah. they're packaging that all together. I think that's smart. I think, yeah, the asymmetrical stuff, I'm curious yeah. to see what that's like. I'd like to, you know, maybe just because some D&D stuff coming through, but like, I think I'd like to have somebody just mess with me in my game. That seems fun. Yeah. But um, did you watch the latest trailer? Uh, I don't think the I did. Nemesis is one? that yeah. recently? Like, uh, in the last couple of days? Yeah, uh, I yeah. missed it. No. It had me a little bit concerned it looks good obviously but i think what i'm excited about with nemesis is for just a more dynamic nemesis and the trailer was very cinematics heavy so it's just a lot of cinematics of nemesis busting through a wall Mm -hmm. and attacking jill and everything which is which is all well and good but i just hope that they carry forward and have it not be i hope that he's flexible and that it's not as set pc as it was in resident evil 3 i want him to actually be dynamic and stalking you in a mr x style way i mean there are definitely important set piece moments that like they just that will be there, you know, just... 
But yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, I hope he's doing more interesting things between those yeah. moments. Right? Apparently, yeah. he has new moves where he can like. I don't think this is in the original, but some sort of like tendril that he can like reach out and grab you with and stuff. So okay. he doesn't just have the bazooka. So cool. Yeah, check out that trailer, dude. I will. Uh, my number two is Gods and Monsters. Hey, covered serial. We did it. Uh, number so one. I made this list before we knew that restriction. So like, uh, <laughs> before I knew about like the confirmed thing. But like, uh, my number one is maybe like right now a tie between. Uh, Half-Life Alex and um, Breath of the Wild 2 fits out this year. Just go with Half-Life so, Alex. Then, okay, right? so Half-Life Alex. There it is. Um, I'm very excited to see what Valve does with VR and in their next major single-player game. Uh, just because, like, like if, if any game is going to draw people to, to VR for that particular game, it's going to be this. And so I think for most VR games, it's hard to, like, break out of that. Like, well, if you have a VR headset, this is something you should play. Yeah. But... Don't you know? Don't necessarily go out of your way to buy a VR headset just for this, right? Uh, and it's like it's really seeing at an interesting time where it's like you can also make that argument, right? Like that you can get uh, a VR headset for Half Life Alex, but then you also have like you know Beat Saber and you know Pistol Whip and a couple of other games that like you have a backlog that yeah you that you can you can about, yeah. so it's like it's almost it's like a pretty good time for this game to come out to just say to just have someone. To, to push someone over the edge of getting a VR headset, and I'm interested to see like Valve did not want to make another Half-Life game unless they had a good idea for it, and if you know VR is as good a technical reason to release another Half-Life as they're going to get. So I'm curious to see like uh, just just to answer the question like um, it, are were other developers just kind of like not figuring out the tech and like is Valve going to be like the one that's like no you like you cannot play this game outside of VR, which is yeah. I think it's a fair criticism of the game of like well I'm going to have to spend you know however much money to get the most out of this game is kind of like I don't know that I want to buy a good PC and then also a VR headset for this so there is kind of a high barrier to entry um, but you know like on the same side I would want them like I would prefer that they not make a game that you can that you can play on a regular PC because otherwise what's the point of putting yeah. it in VR we want right? them to push the envelope right, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I want to make a, I, I want them to make as strong a case as possible for like oh playing games in VR can actually like playing like the kinds of games that we want to play in VR, which is like these major story based and not just like, here's a fun game we came up with and we're going to make get the most out of it. Um, I want to see that happen. And, and like, I'm a pretty big star, like um, Half-Life fan. I like, I, I like, I like one a lot. I love two uh, and, you know, the episodes and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see like what they do and what a Half-Life game looks like now when shooters are so different. And is this going to feel like a relic or are they going to have like so many new ideas that are going to remind us of like, oh, Valve. It was like at one point one of the preeminent, you know, people in the first person shooter. Will field. people say daddy's back or not? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just excited to go back to that world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that world is rich and interesting. Yeah. And like, yeah. It's a little weird, like it, it, how in Congress it's going to feel like, oh yeah, the city was like, oh, it looks so good, and then in a couple months it's going to look like something out of 2014. But <laughs> yeah, it, like, see, I, I that is a thing I'm willing to very easily toss aside to see a yeah. new Half Life game. Yeah. For sure. Jeff, I'm number one. Yeah, number one was Cyberpunk. And I oh, wow. just uh, want to reiterate that I think a lot of the the through line for a lot of my choices were it's just a company taking the kind of risks that we want to see from yeah. people. And for, for Cyberpunk, I feel like CD Projekt Red is one of the hottest developers at this point right now. And yeah. like and they are taking a crazy huge risk doing this completely different kind of genre and setting and all those kind of things. And it may very well 
end up being a disappointment for what people are expecting from it right now. But mm -hmm. I'm just happy when developers actually they don't just sit at the top and say, "Okay, let's make Witcher Four. We, you right. know, they, like they could have made this, another Witcher. This game. is what's going to sell. Like, yeah. let's do something crazy. Let's we're going to put a ton of time and investment. Same thing with Ghost of Tsushima, where it's like. We're going to have to invest a ton into trying to do this new thing, and it's scary, and we don't know how it's going to turn out, but let's go for it. Do you think the development's going to be hurt by their small-scale Witcher game that they're releasing this year as well, according to Serial Vasquez's <laughs> I never said that they would be the one to make it. Oh, oh tricky. It could be based on the, like, the Netflix series. Like That's that's, right. what, that's the reason I was banking on it, is right. because like some company is going to make a Witcher yeah. game. I didn't say Did you listen CDP? to last week's episode, by the way? Yeah. Was Where it frustrating? Made fun of uh, you. <laughs> I think the only the legs akimbo is such a phrase. What? When you guys describe that. what kind of games would be made for me, you guys were all you guys said what? I'd be into pervy stuff, and at some point you said <laughs> you don't like legs akimbo. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Can't say I'm a fan of that. Phrase, but <laughs> when, when it's when it's used to describe me, I guess. <laughs> uh, do you think there is a developer that currently has more goodwill than City Project Red? Like, not just. Okay, factored in like Spirit Bomb and Dragon Ball, mm. right? Like, so all the players, all the goodwill they've had for their games, so they have to be popular. Like, I think it's somebody like Supergiant has a ton of goodwill, but obviously their fan base is smaller than City mm -hmm. Project Reds. Is there any developer that could get a larger Spirit Bomb than City Project Red right now? Mm. I think there's number one. Maybe respawn, but like I feel like that even dipped. Mm -hmm. Like Apex, it was super high within the couple weeks, but now it's it's kind of kind of down and up. And, and Star the people Wars that have played sort of... Apex Legends for eight months have a lot of yeah. complaints about very specific things at this point, right? I mean, I mean CDPR has had their stumbles, like you know yeah. some of their stuff around labor practices and, and some of their social yeah. media managers oh, no doubt. Have, have had <laughs> have had major stumbles. Yeah. Uh, but I, it's it's hard not to root for them in some sense because of like. It, their origins is like, oh, we were just kind of like more or less kind of pirating games a little bit. So like, their their origins are pretty cool. Like they're, they're from a region that you don't see, you don't hear a lot of uh, out of, you know, relatively yeah. uh, compared to like stuff like San Francisco or Japan or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it, it's really cool to see them kind of become who they are, especially when considering like when Witcher Two came out. Even I was like, guys, the, these CDPR guys are really smart about making games. Yeah. You know, their last game wasn't super good, but like, stick to your legs, Akimbo <laughs> games. Yeah, that's right. Shut yeah. up. Yeah, they, plus they still put little notes, I think, in every physical release. It's like, thank you for buying our game. We worked really hard on it. It's like the Pixar. They have the directors come in before the film starts, and they're like, we worked really hard on this. Please, I love it, nice. but what I hate is then when they roll clips from the trailer during that. It's like, don't show me the middle <laughs> of the movie right before I'm about to watch it. Anyways, uh, number uh, one, Kyle? My number one honorary Breath of the Wild 2 mention, I suppose. Okay. Uh, we'll see how that Thank goes. You. I'm glad but, someone talked about it. Uh, but my number dreaming. one is uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, okay. If that was the that's the one. Like I said, if all these 2020 games are laid out in front of me, that's the one that I would pick up and be like, I want to play this right now. Yeah, yeah. I love that. that's a good way to put it. If they're all yeah. right in front of you, what do you pick up? What are your top five? Yeah, um, that's what we should have done. No, <sighs> uh, mine's Final Fantasy VII. Oh, really? Remake. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay I'm very get... much looking forward to it. Uh, let's yeah. see other details I didn't get to. Uh, they released a screenshot of what looks like the Materia equipment screen. And it looks like the planetarium in Cosmo Canyon, so a fun connection there. Mm. That's where you get the huge materia as well. I understand so. these things. I, yeah. lo I love how nerdy you get into. Like, because I think about like, what game would I get this insanely? Like, I would just uh, devour every little bit and pe and it's like maybe if they re if they really remade Ocarina of Time at that right. level, that's the yeah. game that I would be like, I would 
devour every little detail the way you have been devouring. Right, right. But imagine Valkyrie like, Time had like a rich world to devour. Mm, it do. Burn. It do, baby. It's a lovely world. I wouldn't call it rich. <laughs> I just like that Speak you're telling yourself. you're telling us all these anecdotes when none of us know anything about Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> no, I'm like, taking oh, the okay. Emily Reese tip. I'm yeah. telling the one person listening I'm, to my voice right now. I well, like then it. look at the camera you're, when you do it, not us. Your excitement is infectious. Is what I'm oh, that's very sweet. Um, other games in 2020? Run down a hot list. Uh, yeah. Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal. I'm, I'm pretty that about. was that was on my short list. It was too. interesting because like I remember when that game came out and everyone was like super like excited about it and I was one of the people who was like it's good I really liked it but it's like I don't think it's like game of the year material but it's like that that kind of put into perspective uh, like how many of my I don't know for you guys but like how many conversations I tend to have of like I like it it's not that good but like. The like the more I learn about Doom Return, I was like, oh right, I really like this game. Maybe it will it be game of the year material. Maybe if it builds on the stuff that you know Doom twenty sixteen did. But like watching that trailer and hearing like that that Mick Gordon just like heavy ass metal. Like I I really want to play that game. Yeah, so. yeah, um, yeah. It's coming out March twentieth. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty. So same day as Animal Crossing. So, be I mean, I'll be killing demons <laughs> and you'll be like trying to build them a home or whatever. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Remember when the creative director. Left? Didn't Marty Stratton leave id? Wait. Yeah, he did, right? Yes. I believe that happened. Am I losing my mind? Saying, then yes, we all remember it. Okay. Uh, Other games people want to shout out? Uh, The. I'm sorry, Tim Willits was the one that left id. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We all knew that. Uh, Just waiting for you to find out. The Last of Us 2, which I. I'm not going to say that I'm anticipating it. It, I I am in a Star Wars position of it where it's like. (laughs) I don't necessarily need more of this, but I know that when I sit down and I play through it, I'm going to love it. Okay. Yeah. You know? That is shocking that none of us had it on the list. I'm yeah. sure people are screaming. I mean, my, my sort of, because like the funny thing about that is like, well, I talked about Little Nightmares 2 and how like I didn't think that game needed a sequel, but when they announced it, I was like, oh, you know what? I do kind of want to revisit that. Where Last of Us 2, when they announced a sequel, I was like, I don't know if I'm really eager, but like, but I'm with Jeff. I'm like, when we play that game, I think it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. But like in terms of like excitement level, I'm not really eager to feel sad and uncomfortable while really witnessing these violent scenarios, mm-hmm. you know, and like crying my eyes out. I'm more excited, and this is twisted, but I'm more excited just to see the production than I am the story. Yeah. I mean, Naughty Dog to me, like their strength is performance capture more so than like gameplay even. Like that is the thing that I get excited about with a Naughty Dog game is like, seen performances from actors and how yeah. they're sort of digitized. You Even know? though they and still like, animate the faces compared to just capture, which is stunning. Yeah. Still, I mean, all those faces yeah. are still hand animated. I know they're crazy. Like, at least with Uncharted 4, they were veering into like, maybe we can do some sort of fusion, but at least as of Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy, they're all still hand animated for the faces, which yeah, is incredible. Yeah. But uh, it is it is strange that it wasn't on any of our top five, but like I, I'll i be there day one. Like, yeah, absolutely. yeah, of course. I, I think that's just a testament to how good they are at storytelling where the the first Last of Us feels like such a complete and good story that it's yeah. like I don't know where I don't know how I I don't even know if I want to go back because it, it is I love it the way that it is right now but I'm sure when I do I'm going to love it just yeah. as much mm-hmm. sure I'm going to really enjoy too. it. I don't know. That, that, that's sort of like where I come up with is like, what if they made a, a sequel to? Well, they totally did that. Like the, the Harper Lee didn't she make a sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird? Did she? Didn't she write one? I feel like I heard about that at some point. I know point. there's a sequel to Little Women called Little Men. I just learned really? that. Really? Yeah. And then there's another one called Joe's Boys. Okay. <laughs> okay, that <laughs> really franchise is, I don't know. I went down a real Little Women rabbit hole, which is a weird phrase. Did you go see uh, that movie? I did. That movie rules. I want to see it. It is like, I left that theater and I was like, 
that is too much life packed into two movies. Like, <laughs> that's, I, I cannot I'm handle I it. That's like the, from that. the same director as Lady Bird, right? Yeah. yeah. I I totally totally see that. Oh, yeah. she's incredible. Yeah. Anyways, that's Little Women, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm excited. Psychonauts 2 is coming out this year, guys. Psychonauts yep. 2. Yeah. Psychonauts 2 is on very my curious sort of to see what that is like. Yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be fun to see Microsoft pushing Psychonauts 2 after they ditched publishing mm-hmm. on the first one. Now they come crawling back. They still have time to ditch it. And more exciting than that, we'll probably, hopefully, see some of the two-player productions, uh, Double Fine documentary stuff around Psychonauts yeah. 2. Very excited about that. Uh, other game we should mention that maybe people are screaming about is Hollow Knight Silk Song. Oh, I think mm. you're going that direction. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm excited for that. Uh, Did they say 2020 for them? I I think so. I'm pretty okay. sure. It's one of those games that started as DLC and became a huge game and, you know, looks like at least stylistically, a continuation of what they did in the first game. It's not some radical art departure, you know? So yeah. that helps it speed up development a little bit, I think. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, that's one of those games that's like, I'm excited about, but it, it, that's also a tough game. So it is going to be like, a, you know, roll up my sleeves and sit down and get ready to play the new Hollow Knight. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wanted to call out and congratulate us all for not putting Halo Infinite on this list <laughs> because I went through the thought process on that one. Yeah. I'm assuming it's eligible because it is 2020, yeah. right? They've said that. And I am excited for it. I'm anticipating it, but I really had to stop and say, like, what am I, what is that based on other than just like the few snippets that they've showed? We just don't know enough at this point. Okay. So I felt like out of all the other things, I know more about them. I have reasons why I can say, hey, this and this and this is why I'm anticipating this. This is just kind of like the vague promise that they may be going back to what made Halo great to begin with. Mm-hmm. From my, I debated putting it on the list, and it's primarily like I'm excited to play a new Halo game on PC day one. Like that is my <laughs> piece. That is that weird concrete thing so that I think is fun. But. Uh, Masquerade. Bloodlines 2, uh, Vampire oh, yeah. Masquerade, Bloodlines oh, yeah, 2. That's, right. I, that's the game that I've been, like, the, the original uh, was like, you know, JV re- obviously really likes it, and I've been hearing like people like, oh, this is a really cool game, but it's, you know, Cult maybe classic. Like, yeah, right, kind of yeah. hard to go back to. So I mean, my, my biggest hope for that game, honestly, is that I don't need to have played the first one to play this mm-hmm. one. But if they're, if they're able to, to deliver something on that level of, like, the, if it is as good as that one, uh, I'd be very, like, I like the idea of what they're doing is, like, here's a vampire world that they kind of can't talk about, you know, them being vampires and um, a lot of the RPG joyce mechanics that they have in that game do you sounds think, really promising. Yeah. Do you think that game will have some runoff love because of the Outer Worlds? Because the two leads for the Outer Worlds, mm. uh, they were the two creators of Vampire of the Bloodlines. So they're not like involved with a sequel, but do you think there's going to be some weird loophole thing, or is that too curvy uh, for most that, people? Yeah, I think like that's. I think very few people will make that yeah. kind of will have that you know familiarity. So. Sure, sure, uh, that's cool. Let's see. I'm looking forward to Microsoft Flight Simulator, which is still just 2020, but them modeling the Earth is nutso and it being on console. Mm. I think it's going to be super cool. <laughs> I saw that on the. I was going like through the Wikipedia list, and yeah. I saw Flight Simulator. And I was like, oh, that's a handsome. <laughs> I think that's, that's going to be cool, No, that, that is That's an a interesting for Holden idea. right there. For <laughs> Age of Empires 4, they don't have a release date, but I, they're probably going to be pushing the console so much this year that Microsoft will probably save this for 2021, but mm-hmm. yeah. I'm ready to be surprised. Ooblets, that is a game that Double Fine was publishing, but now under Microsoft's rule, I don't think they're publishing games anymore, but oh. it's going to be an Epic Game Store exclusive on PC. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, the game looks adorable. Yeah, yeah. It's basically, it seems like it has components of Pokemon, but then also Stardew Valley. It seems like it could be a little... A lovely indie game yeah. this year. Minecraft Dungeons, Minecraft Diablo. I think I'll have a great time with that when that releases, even though you can't build in it, which is odd. Avengers. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I think we're all in. We'll see about the... in it. I'm excited about that. Oh, yeah, yeah that's there we cool. go. Yeah. Uh, moving Out. Uh, it's another indie game where it's literally about moving, and it's co-op, and you're like that's hauling couches one, with each right? other. 
Did they show um, it at Stadia? I don't know if they did. It's not exclusive to Stadia if they did okay. show it there. If they can pull off the opening a door with your back tech, yeah. I think <laughs> it's going to be a game of the year. It should be a VR game now that I think about yeah. it. I hope that's the second half of Half-Life Alex is just moving out of City 17. Um, <laughs> Piling up all the uh, furniture in the hallways yeah, so that Gordon right. can't yeah. get through them later <laughs> right. online. Uh, Splunky 2. He has mm. not confirmed it for 2020, but it was supposed to, I believe it was 2019 originally. Also, Derek, you, same creator, that UFO, UFO. 50 I was, game. I was just going to yeah. say I, I didn't think of that one, but yes, I have. I, I emailed him like 10 times while I was a game informer, just like, you know, like every six months or whatever, being like, hey, we're really interested to check this out when it's ready. And he was always very nice and being like, yeah. yep, I'll, I'll tell you when it's ready. You got to leave me alone, dude. Yep. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Here. 12 minutes, which is like oh, a, yeah. that yeah. indie game where you're kind of trying to figure out how to not die when, you know, the police have made your house. And you're there are like uh, there's supposed to be like this ridiculous number of permutations that can happen, you know, and trying to figure out how to like, you know, properly solve that puzzle over the course of however many hours that game is. Yeah. Seems pretty interesting. Kind of in that same vein. I mean, different type of game, but that sort of indie sort of interesting mosaic, I think, mm-hmm. looks really cool, um, which is just this like sort of dark creepy city that everyone's obsessed with their phones it, it, I'm, I'm not even sure what kind of game it is but it looked the art is so interesting yeah, that, yeah. Uh, another one that i didn't even realize had a name but the dark pictures little hope this oh, is really? kind of the follow-up to man of medan there was a teaser for that at the end of man of medan right. right yep yep and it seems like it's kind yeah. of like horror in the woods is the overall style yeah. for little hope but that could be interesting um let's see warcraft 3 the remaster is coming out in january which I would be more excited for, but I went back and played so much Warcraft 3 before I went on that cover story trip for Game Informer mm. that I feel like, ah, I just played through that campaign, played some multiplayer matches. Like, I'll mm. check this out for sure, but yeah. I'm not dying to play it again. Oh, uh, uh, later this month, Kentucky Rod Zero. That's Rock right. Five. Yeah, yeah, the TV edition, uh, January yeah. 28th, that's coming out. I've remember, been hearing about that game for so long, yeah. I want to finally check it out. I mean, I remember doing a feature on them for Game Informer like two, two or three years ago about like, hey, now they're finally kind of like... Closing in, and there hopefully this game will be out this year. And yeah. it was not out yeah. that year. <laughs> uh, but hearing about like you know their kind of development history and how like they kind of for a while had like part time jobs while they were making that game, and yes, that game's long road to long road to to release. That's I think right. is interesting. So, yeah. do you guys think Skull and Bones will be coming out this year from Ubisoft? Are they going to be saving this for like their launch of the new gen game? Well, Seems no, like a good slot well, for I it. I mean, when was the last time they showed it? 2018. It wasn't that long ago. I bet it was 2018. Yeah. But then they didn't show it 2019. Right. And I haven't said anything or shown I any bet trailers or next anything. Gen. I bet this is going to be one of those weird zombie U-esque, like, got to uh-huh. be at their launch Ubisoft mm. games. I hope so, but it, it also, like, I think the main thing that everyone said about that was, yeah, super cool, awesome, we're happy to have another pirate game, but you don't get off the ship, so what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, a, it's a weird, it's just like, ship fighting do you want them to get off the ship i want to get off the ship i want i mean it sucks but i want black flag but another a non-assassin's creed pirate simulation game Mm -hmm. they're so good at open world stuff like that you know i I would like to see a non-assassin's creed version that would be an overhaul man i don't know if that That would be a very big and expensive over yeah i don't know if that game will come out this year but i'm almost like positive that they're gonna have like a 10 20 minute demo at e3 this year <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, uh, sony's gone right so yeah. they gotta fill that time there's the league offshoot games yeah. like ruin king a league of legends story from uh, airship syndicate i'm yeah, looking forward yeah. to that yeah. like a turn-based rpg in the league universe but i don't know yeah, it's i'm not like a big league fan like there's always there's this like part in the back of my head that is always kind of disappointed to see that it's right and not valve who's doing that because like oh uh, like if they made a uh a, a 
story-based game based on like Invoker or Ember Spirit, I'd be like, awesome. Those are the Dota heroes that I care about. That's amazing. I can't believe Isn't they're doing that. Isn't it called the Warcraft 3 campaign? No, it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but like the fact that they're doing it for League is like, cool, but only insofar as like, I would love to see this applied to the other one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not this right. one. But, but it's it super cool to see Riot. I like. Yeah. I would love to see them actually like you know, however many years down the road and maybe like break out and make a new franchise because they have like so many, re- like the moment they publish, they try to say, hey, let's make a triple A game like these other guys. They're immediately like top of the field in a lot of cases because they'll have, they'll have like the immense amount of resources that someone like EA or Ubisoft have at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, other things, Rainbow Six Quarantine, which is that co-op experience, three player, I believe, that mm. could be interesting. Curious to see how much of the Siege community goes over to that one. Um, Lego Star Wars 2020, or I'm sorry, just Lego Star Wars releasing sometime <laughs> in 2020. They haven't set a release date. Maybe with the release of Rise of Skywalker on DVD. Do people still buy those? Uh, that seems like a good timing, but yeah. I'm excited for that. I, I like Lego games in general, and especially with them shaking it up so much with this one and kind of embracing more of an open format. I'm yeah. excited about uh, so Two other quick ones. Ori, Will the Wisps. Yeah, yeah that's very excited for that. That's I would right. actually, between that, like, versus uh, Hollow Knight, I think I'm more excited for Ori, just because that's more my speed. It's yeah. more closer to Rayman. And also, um, Super Meat Boy Forever. Is one that I like. I, I really? want to play. Speaking of, it's weird. There's a certain uh, Duke Nukem Forever and Meat Boy oh. Forever also taking forever <laughs> yeah. to develop. Oh yeah, yeah. So we'll, maybe we'll see that this year. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I played it at PAX one time. I mean, it's it's a it's a, gosh, what is that genre? Uh, auto runner. Yeah. But like, if when it's done well, I like that genre a lot, and I liked what I played at Super Meat Boy Forever. So yeah. yeah. Um, are you excited about the Pokemon DLC, Kyle? Was announced last week. Yeah, I think it's a really uh, smart avenue for I, them. I would take that. I want that so much more than a third entry that you have to restart. Like, yeah. absolutely, I would take that over. And also, I now the question is: Does my did I my estimation of like uh, my prediction about Pokemon that we wouldn't see a new Pokemon entry this year? Oh, right. Did that cause them to mm. scale well, down? Not, but does it? Ca- yeah. Did I was I a successful prediction or was it wrong? Because there is new content this year, but it's basically not going to be basically the equivalent of it is. the yeah. of the third game. But it's not. It's but not you said there wouldn't be a third release. game. Right? I said there wouldn't be like a third game. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll judge. And there's not a third game. But yeah, like I know there's already some folks who are upset about Pokemon getting DLC and like. Feeling like it's I like it should have been there to begin with, but I I love it. Like I yeah. will at, like I said, I will absolutely take this over Pokemon whatever gun. gun you know, yeah. Because like, I, I don't because that's the thing of like playing Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon for review. It's like I gotta start over. Like I've I've been building this team. Let me right. just take. I want to see the new content, but I want to have the team that I've fallen in love with. You know, I saw Jeff. I'm- let that mic fall off the table again. Yeah. Um, no, I'm very excited so I think about it's a good it. Thing. Yeah, I think it's smart to do the split DLC releases a little bit like uh, Breath of the Wild style. Um, also, speaking of Breath of the Wild style, I like that both of the new areas in the DLC are both going to be like the wild area. So, yes. seeing Game Freak experiment more with open world design, maybe even some more narrative elements in those open worlds, like I think that's. Very that's interesting exciting. and clearly yeah. where they want to go in the future, which is very exciting overall. Yeah. The other thing was, I'm sure everyone's screaming about Elden Ring. Is that this year? Do, they is haven't it? said. Yeah. This is the that's... From Software, George R. R. Martin joint. Do you think it's coming this year? No. I don't think I so. believe it is. You Really? I believe. Do you I think there'll be Sekiro God. DLC? No. I they said think. there will be? I don't think they've I don't, I don't think they've anything. said, no. Yeah. I mean, those guys are quick. You That's know? the thing. It's like yeah. they know how but to George train. George R. R. Martin is slow. So. <laughs> that is true. He's taking forever with those item descriptions. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be this year, but I also wouldn't. I'm not going to. My head's not going to explode if it's suddenly it's a you know November release. I'll be impressed for sure. I I'll think, be impressed if it ends up being an actual game. 
What are you talking really? about? It's announced. There's a pre-rendered. From Software knows oh. how to crank out well, games. If, if they make a pre-rendered announcement of something, then it always becomes that. that felt, Give me five that examples like, where that hasn't happened. That felt just like such a. Hey, we we need stuff for E3. Let's no. show this. See, I think that you're it, loony. I will say, I think it set a, like a tone and like like here's some art about the world that we've created. Like we've, it's not an announcement of a partnership. It's an announcement of like. Here's what it's going to look like that we've sure. started. But, I mean, I also see what you're I'm saying. And I think the Martin thing is in the backdrop. Like, he just is supplying some lore and stuff. I think the the bulk of the work here by a mile is from software. And I they're only so. known for cranking stuff out throughout their entire history. And that's great if it comes out. There's a 0% chance it's not coming out. You're a lunatic. I'm insulted by the suggestion. We, we always forget the ones that don't come out. And then we always say, oh, hey, remember that thing yeah, that was announced? Yeah, name a From Software game. That didn't come out. Uh, Tenchu. That became Wait, Sekiro. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I tried to sink that under there. Wait, it's not like they announced Tenchu. I will and say, then didn't like too. To, to get behind <laughs> Jeff them a little bit, like that was. I mean, I think that they just kind of go off in their own direction. You know what I mean? Where like they're like they started making a Tenchu game, but then they're like, you know, we we'll make it our own thing. You know, and I they they're maybe something could happen here with this. Like maybe our Martin isn't going fast enough for them, so they make it their own thing and it becomes a different game. Dark Souls 4. They wouldn't need to. They'll just make Elden Ring, but Miyazaki can create the lore again. Like, But then they, but maybe it's called something different. Why call it something different? Why Why did they call Sekiro Tenchu and Tenchu... Or why did they call Tenchu ended up becoming Sekiro and they could have just called it Tenchu and used the brand name that was already established and known? Right. But I think that's different because Elden Ring's just a new IP, so like if they lose Jordan Martin, they lose I guess them. that's a good no point. Deal, yeah, because right? it, is, it is brand new. So. Yeah. All right, you guys ready to move on? Please. <laughs> hey, the only reason we're in this basement recording this podcast is because of the community and the support of the community on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Mimnax 2 ends. Uh, still new people finding us. I try and message. I, I know I don't get everybody and I apologize, but people trickling in, I message them and say, like, how'd you find us? So many people are still coming around like, oh, I've been meaning to support you guys for a while. Listen mm. to you guys on the Game Informer show. Want to get around to it. Like, it's still... it. It melts my heart when people are mm-hmm. still like, oh, what's this? Minimax, I should actually support them. So check out the Patreon. See if any of those benefits are interesting to you. If you're a $5 supporter, you get to listen to this show one day early. You also get access to exclusive chats, commentaries, fun stuff like that. Um, and then also MinFax, which I guess we don't talk about too much. But if you want to go behind the scenes of MinMax, uh, that's like a weekly stream for $20 supporters. And then you can listen to it as an audio podcast. And it's us really getting into the the nitty-gritty of how this whole thing works, what we have planned for the future and stuff like that. So please check that out if you're interested. Um, And look at this hero. Superhero Cinema Scoop from Riley Hill. Uh, Superhero Cinema Scoop is proud to sponsor MinMax. Superhero Cinema Scoop is a new YouTube channel dedicated to bringing you all the up-to-date news on your favorite superhero movies, shows, and video games. News from Marvel, DC, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Spawn, and many more are represented. Videos are uploaded at least once a week and can be enjoyed by the whole family. Just search for Superhero Cinema Scoop on YouTube and remember... That's cinema, spelled with an S. <laughs> Thank you so much, Riley. Really appreciate the support. Yeah. Uh, I checked out his YouTube channel this week. He gave himself the Hot Ones Challenge, which <laughs> okay. is the ultimate hero <laughs> for just like, let's roll this camera, let's go for it. And yet, family-friendly, does not swear in the video wow, as impressive. his tongue is falling apart. Does he have a, a video about Michael Keaton being in that Morbius trailer? And Not yet. Not when I checked. why it's so confusing to me. Yeah. <laughs> or so maybe this it's is... not confusing at all and I'm making it more confusing. No, it is me. the most confusing thing okay. in the world. It's very distressing. So it's the idea of like Sony Pictures and their Venom weird sub Spider-Man universe where they technically own the rights. But in the latest Morbius trailer, it certainly seems like they're roping in Vulture from Homecoming yeah. into 
this Jared Leto Morbius mm. movie. So I've already had a tough time explaining, you know, to some people like why the X-Men aren't in the MCU. I guess now it's different, but at least yeah. back in the day. And now trying to explain like, well, no, so the Sony Spider-Man movies are part of the MCU, but MCU doesn't see it that way. It's just a one-way street. Like, it's just such a mess. Anyways, I'm sure that Riley Hill over on Supergirl Cinema Scoop with S's, uh, we'll be covering all that stuff. And it, it sounds like the MinMax community really embraced that and, like, went and started watching yeah. his videos. Yeah, too. Well, he really made, nice yeah, video, he made yeah. a video, like a thank you message and stuff. So it was very sweet. Which I is very... the Michael Keaton thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they're revolting yeah. against it. But that's, revolting like a vulture. That's, like, super cool. I think that's yeah. the kind of sponsorships that we want, and it's cool that it's actually doing something for him yeah. and that the community is actually taking the time to check that out. Absolutely. So. Also, new people at the $100 tier have put pictures, like Jesse even Vitelli over there. Adorable. Um, yeah, we have a new uh, best dog of Mid-Max here with Jesse Vitelli putting his cute dog on that screen. If you're a $100 supporter, you can choose what images up, back there. Brian. Yeah, beating down Brian. Get a cuter dog. He's going to send you a photo with like... Uh, the game he's from, I forget the name, but like, and then that, and then also his dog. He's just going to combine this. Plague Tale. Plague Tale. Yeah. Plague yeah. Tale. And he's going to Photoshop his dog into a screenshot from Plague Tale. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has wants to, to do it now. I think he wants to, to put his dog in the world of Plague Tale. Don't <laughs> tell him what he does and doesn't right. want to do. Kyle, right. it's fake. Oh, oh okay. Uh, so every week on the Patreon page, if you're a supporter at any tier, you can leave a question, comment, word of wisdom. We collect everybody's um a lot of great stuff. Thank you to everybody that left a, a nice message or comment question. Uh, Christopher Reardon kicks things off here for the community feedback section. He says, hello. Hi. The best S game that doesn't begin with Super is Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> or Star Ocean 2. No, it's Shadow of the Colossus. Colossus. <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus will probably then work. also there were comments uh... of people saying, hey, uh, what about Star Wars? Mm-hmm. Star Wars Nice Little Republic? Yeah, yeah. Stalker? Street Fighter 2. I think it's pronounced S-T-A-L-K-E-R. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Can anybody argue that Street Fighter 2 is the best S game? Yeah, Shadow of the Colossus. Like... Personally, I like Shadow of the Colossus <laughs> more, but... The yeah, irony wait. is that like the best version of Street Fighter is Super, Super Street, Street Fighter. Fighter. <laughs> 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 uh, no, but uh, the impact of Street Fighter is absolutely undeniable. Certainly. Also, uh, somebody wrote in uh, saying StarCraft. Uh, yeah. Very yeah, well, we're obvious dumb. We suggestion. Get it. Very, very obvious. <laughs> Look, it's hard to think of things in the moment. Okay, you think <laughs> yeah. you're so smart. We don't have the internet. Like, when Let me go Wikipedia this. this, and I'll tell them what's what. <laughs> and you can hear as I'm typing every time I'm frantically yeah. trying to look something up. Clack, clack, clack. God, sound smart. <laughs> Russell Christian says hello, Ben, two ends, and fellow Minmaxers. With the recent delays by Square and Crystal Dynamics being announced, I was wondering what the hot take by everybody was at the, at the table. My opinion is no delay is bad if it makes the game better and prevents crunch, but April just became one of the busiest months this year. On the third, Resident Evil 3 remake releases. A week later is Prophecy 7, um, and the new release date for that is April 10th. And then less than a week from that, Cyberpunk 2077 on the 16th. I'm prepared to mainline caffeine and not get a full <laughs> night's sleep until May. Woohoo! It's college finals all over again. But my gripes aside, what does the table think of the delays and the now very busy April we have? Mm. I think I think that's a good point about the sort of because like spreading out games is good. Delay like delaying games don't bother me at all, honestly. Yeah. I mean, maybe they did it one time, but now it's like it's whatever. I'll play it when it when it when it comes out and it's good. But it's yeah, not yeah. going away. It's know. not going away exactly. But like yeah, it's so, not a Elden Ring situation <laughs> yeah. where it could be gone. <laughs> Just wait. wait. And uh, but squishing everything into April that. That's a little troubling, you know. Like I'm I, personally not. I don't know the solution to that, but you know. yeah, I'm I'm happy to give the developers more time. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I'm looking forward to these games, but hey, take your time. And I think the crunch detail is very important here. Yes, yeah. Um, 
at the same time, I just don't believe Cyberpunk's coming out on April 16th. Yeah. I think it's absolutely going to get pushed. I don't know this, but it just feels like of all the games, and especially with this, now that they know they have the competition, it's like, why not give themselves more time? Did Witcher 3 get delayed at all? Yes. Yeah. Several okay. times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could right. see, see, yeah. see a delay coming. And we talked about it before, but especially with like Microsoft and Sony probably hoping and begging and talking to CD Projekt Red, like, please make this a launch game on our next-gen systems. Like, come on. Come on, you guys. Come on. Two words. Come, come on. on. Yeah. I, I mean, if, I guess I'm personally not worried about it just because, like, I'll play those games when they come out. It, it can be concerning from, like, if you want those developers to do well. But, like, that's a case where all three of the releases there, I'm not super concerned about them not selling because they're on that right. day. Like, Final Fantasy is going to sell. Yeah. Cyberpunk is going to sell. You know, maybe one sells more than the other because mm -hmm. of that date. But it's like, I think yeah. those games will all be. We're going to sell Avengers after playing it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the one thing I wanted to bring up. Like, the Final Fantasy. See seven delay. I totally understand. Totally behind it. Take yeah. take those extra couple of months for polish. The Avengers. That's another warning sign of like, uh -uh, what's going on with this thing? You think it's just kind of in scramble mode, like every game is. I'm sure. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm a little concerned about that. Do you think it'll still ship September then? Do you think this is just them delaying the inevitable, which is an even longer delay? Yeah. I mean, I think they would. I don't know. It's it's just it's so such weird. A, it's yeah. such a and we should say it's such a question mark for us too in terms of what that game actually is. Like we haven't well, seen that much. Yeah. There we've had the demo. We've heard some stuff about it. I think people have a lot of first impressions from those kind of things. But you can't judge a game based just on that. You like right. And it's it's just so weird to me still that they're going to release a living game. What they say is a living game to some extent at the very end of a console yes. cycle. So it's like, I, I'm rooting for them to delay it further to be at the start of mm -hmm. next gen. That seems like it would make so much more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's like, I think Stadia was touting that as one of their big games too, though. So wonder, mm. I'm sure all these delays Stadia are like, punching <laughs> a hole through their head. Uh, <laughs> Phil Harrison does it himself. <laughs> That's right. Jared Barzi says, greetings from Kansas City. Hello, Kansas, Kansas City. City. Two ends. With the recent news of Sony not being at E3, I wanted to see what the panel's thoughts were. Well, I think E3 has some issues and, and companies are doing their things their way. I was a bit surprised Sony decided not to participate in this year since they're launching the PlayStation 5. Another factor is Microsoft will be at E3, so from that standpoint, it just seems like a mistake to not participate. Is this reminding anyone of the Sony post-PS2 going into the PS3 where they're overly confident? Yeah, what do you guys think about the delay? We made like a news video kind of summarizing it, but yeah, I'm sorry, not delay, but uh, them saying they're not going to yeah. be at E3. I mean, it, it's a it's it's sad from a consumer point, but like as a group of people who have attended E3 multiple times, it is one of those things you walk around and you're like, is this necessary? Like, do you have to be here? Like, how Holy important is? And I think like it, I don't yeah. think Sony loses anything by not. Yeah, there, they could ha they could know? have a thing like you know the Thursday before all the pre three stuff and I'm be sure as relevant to the conversation as, as they yeah. would have been otherwise. Hundred percent. And I think there's definitely you know like we made that news video and I was kind of bummed out walking through my feelings on that reveal, um, just because you want the big head to head showdown. Yeah, but like we'll still fun, have yeah. it. We'll still have plenty of YouTube videos popping up about who won E three and Sony stuff will be roped into that. Their announcements around that time. Like, and I think there's also. Everybody talking about Death of E3, Death of E3, Sony not being there, it's such a disaster. Yes, E3 is dwindling, and this is a blow for sure. At the same time, you got to remember who's telling you that, and that is journalists who are attending E3 and walking around the show halls. Like, yeah. It always makes me laugh when so much of the conversation on E3 podcasts is like, 
boy, the back half of Kensha Hall is looking pretty barren this year. And it's like, people just want the reveals. And if there's headlines out there and the news is getting out there no matter what, that's the core. Like, we're too focused yeah. on our experience at the show floor versus, like, people on the internet just want some game news. There's going to be game news there no matter what. Well, sure, but, like, then at that point you question, like, why not just have, like, E3 just become Video Games Week when everyone just has a series of video announcements and there is no show. Like, right. that's, can, ki that, that's kind of the opposite yeah. end of it. Yeah, yeah I mean, it does, it does suck that E3 is kind of dissipating to all these different things and it, and if it was video game week that would be great but yeah. it but it is it seems to be trending more towards well we're going to do our own thing in September and we're going to do our own thing right. in April and it's and you just you're transitioning to these focused you know one company telling you exactly what they're going to tell you mm -hmm. and you're not getting journalists coming in to play these different games and you know giving their own experiences like to offer based up the on counter take of like well you know they they showed this but when i played it it was like this mm -hmm. or like hey they played it and it, like by the way they also had a demo like they made it they may have had a cgi trailer but right. when you actually played it like it, the experience is totally yeah. different from and, and i think there is value in having everyone under one roof and kind of that distillation of like, well, these were the most important things, or this was the most fun thing that we played. You right. can't yeah. get that when everyone's spread it, out. It's also, um, it also like hurts the like the in between companies more. Like the mm -hmm. Sony not being there, it like, doesn't matter. But like something, well, someone like, well, well, <laughs> doesn't like, matter. For it doesn't Sony. matter. For Sony. Sony. Like, oh, okay. yeah. Sony is not like yeah. But like you know, Sega or like you know, like Atlas or someone who has like maybe showing off smaller titles that you wouldn't travel. You know, if you're an international person, like you're not going to go to E3 just to see the latest mm -hmm. like Atlas game. Well, unless it's like Persona or something. But like, um, but if you can go see Nintendo's and Sony's and Microsoft's things and also see all this other stuff, yeah. then you're going to go right and mm -hmm. see that stuff. So I think that's the stuff that ends up hurting is the people who can't afford to have like, well, you know, we're going to have a conference too. It's like no one's going to listen, right? Like, yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's it's a wild time. I'm sure, yeah, they'll do the state of play and the Death Stranding style announcement was like a week yeah. before. I mean, that stuff is last super year. fun. Like, and, I, and it is fun to have it all compressed in one place, but like, is it a benefit for Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo to have their announcements all during that week? Like, does it yeah. benefit them in any way other outside, or is it better for them to just have their own individual week or day mm -hmm. outside of that? You know, I don't know. But yeah. I, as a consumer, I like it. It's fun, yeah. you know. And and that's kind of the difference between like competition versus monopoly, where you can yeah. do all your own things and it's just your message and you have total control over it. Versus, I mean, I'm sure they may not see it as advantageous to them in any way, but for the consumers, it is. It is, yeah. yeah. Justin Swart says, "Hey Ben, in the CLCs, uh, <laughs> Matt Booty, head of Xbox Game Studios, recently said, as our content quote." As our content comes out over the next year, two years, all of our games, sort of like PC, will play up and down that family of devices. We want to make sure that if someone invests in Xbox between now and when the Series X comes out, that they feel they've made a good investment and that we're not, and that we're committed to them with content. Essentially, he is saying that the Xbox games will be cross-gen for the first year or two. What's your take on this? Do you think Sony will go this route as well? It seems like a pro-consumer move. This is one of those like subtly wild things that they've kind of already revealed just with their strategy with halo infinite i guess so like oh it'll release an xbox one it's all it's all the same now because yeah. everyone is just like so locked into next gen and microsoft's only one saying like it doesn't really exist anymore you guys mm -hmm. yeah i mean i because like that's something you're talking about like avengers getting delayed and stuff like that it's like we got to hit that next gen it's like do we i mean it's 
everything's going to be backwards compatible. It's not going to, I mean, what's the leap between Xbox, PS4 and 5? I think there's still going to be a little bit of a stigma, even if it's backwards compatible, for like, oh, I want to play a next-gen game. Yeah, I mean, I I do. You know, like, I will want to play the best version of those games, and the best version of those games are going to be on the next-gen console, but I think it's just getting blurry and blurrier. That line is dissipating more and more every generation. Yeah, I think it's a smart move. I think it's fascinating. It kind of boils into Microsoft's strategy and with releasing games on PC as well, where it's like, well, I don't think I want to buy the Series X then in any way, right? If I can just play this stuff yeah. on an Xbox One or on a PC that I can just further upgrade. But if they're just investing that much in software and they're planning on making all their money from software, then win-win for them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the PC approach. It's consoles adopting the pc approach of just yeah. like well you can you can play a game on your computer like how well it's going to run you know is a question but at least with consoles they have like three SKUs versus mm-hmm. a billion so presumably they'll be able to work with that but yeah i'm very curious how that's going to be worded though like even at the end of trailers for like hellblade 2 if it'll say will not run on base Xbox You've gotta One. You've got to have a cutoff at they some point. To, yeah, so how they're going to message that, because that just seems like it's going to be really confusing for consumers when there is yeah. a complete cutoff, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but do you think Sony will go that route as well? I don't think so. I think they're more into the locked thing. Yeah. Other than probably, I mean, it is I mean, backwards compatible. That's but, important to them, this yeah. generation, which is cool. But it, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I see it as like a fun bonus to owning that console as yeah. opposed to like, you know, blurring the line between generations like as much as Microsoft is. Right. Yeah, I mean, Matt Booty said some crazy things like on the, um, when I interviewed him on the Game Informer Show podcast, that's where I asked him about, I believe, yeah, I asked him about like Double Fine after Psychonauts 2 and that's what he's saying like, he's like, oh yeah, we want them to keep releasing cross-platform games even after Psychonauts 2 even though they're a Microsoft developer and it's like, what? Like, it's just wild you guys are doing this. I mean, the money's always been in software, right? I mean, always. Yeah. You sell the console at a loss, and you make it back by selling software. That's right? what they say. Uh, oh, Kieran Robinson says, which of the next-gen consoles will you personally buy, and for what reason? I'm really looking forward to the Series X. I think I'm going to get it day one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I like no, all I, those ports on the back, man. I'm <laughs> super into it. Uh, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm for sure going to get a PlayStation 5. I can't imagine I'd buy a Series X. I have a PC. I don't know why I would want it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, a good I, point. I mean, I'll probably still get a Series X because I'm a sucker. You're just going to get both? Prop, well, eventually, yeah. Which but one are you buying first, though? Uh, presented in front of me, probably PS5, PS5, just for the exclusives. Yeah. Jeff, and they yeah, will. You have to say Series X just to I'm sound sorry, fair and balanced. But that, you know, that's how exclusives work. And that's why Sony still makes them. Yeah. Is because it. And especially, it's especially important in the launch time when you have two consoles like that. It's like, well, which one am I going to buy? Of course, we're all going to say the one that has the exclusive games that the you one. can't play yeah. anywhere else. The one that plays Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. It might be, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, Cup, but it seems like we might need to get them for like freelance stuff of like, well, yeah, I mean, that's all. just to be thorough, have yeah. an X to review this game on. If, if they send us a Xbox copy, then... To some degree, yeah. we might I mean, want that, to have yeah, it. That's a whole like write off on your taxes. Yeah, but like, business if I were not in that in, in this industry, I would. I'm fine with my PC and PS5. At, yes, at some yeah, point. for sure. Uh, Marriott players says, "Hey, all, what's your fondest console launch memory? Mm. Going back into the annals of time itself. That's what is pronounce that. That's how you pronounce that. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's probably the Wii. Wow, because really? that was yeah. that was like the first one where I like." It was an event for me and my friends. 
right? Like, it because like the Xbox One, we missed out on launch actually, because like we had a very frustrating night where it's like, well, my parents aren't home, neither of us can drive, like we don't have a car, so it's like we went, we called a Walmart and they don't have it anymore, and so like we were trying to figure out like, and, and it just ended up not working out, so we didn't get one until like the following March. But like for the Wii, it was like we we pre, we were there like 7 a.m. to pre-order it, and so then we went and we were like first in line to get it, and oh, we wow. like we got it, and like it's like me and my two of my friends, and we like we we drove out of the GameStop parking lot, and one of us rolled down the window, started yelling like, "Yeah, <laughs> first Wii!" That, and then we drove and played Twilight Princess for however many hours. Is that right? Yeah, again, yeah. you could have played on your GameCube. Yeah, <laughs> well, but, but well, no, the, you it wasn't out on yeah, GameCube. It wasn't out on GameCube yet. Oh, really? It was, it was like a month staggered. Yeah, yeah they were staggered. Oh, yeah. interesting. Diabolical. Yeah, I mean, but the Wii was super exciting because it was different. I, mm-hmm. I was like, I was working at GameStop at the time, and I remember being. So excited when the Nintendo rep brought in the Wii like standee for people to try out because that was the first time I got to play mm-hmm. the Wii and I was just losing my mind. I was so excited <laughs> while they were setting it up because I was like, I get to try this thing with these motion controls. It's gonna be something completely new. And yeah. it was it was, you know, ultimately kind of underwhelming. Yeah. But like at the time, I was like I was uh, there wasn't anything I was more excited about a brand new Zelda with a console that was unlike anything yeah. else for sure. Huh? Also, my first reaction to get, holding a Wii remote was like it's smaller than I thought it'd yeah. be. Like yeah. for whatever reason, all the advertising made it seem like a lot bigger than it was than it actually was. I don't know why. Like the scale of the console was just kind of off for me. And I when right. I held one, I was like this is smaller than I was expecting. But then they put the big chunky condom on there, and then you're <laughs> like, now it's got yeah. the girth I crave. That's right. <laughs> Uh, for me, I guess it would be PlayStation 2. Oh, okay. That was so incredibly exciting because my mom was very sweet, and she actually waited in line to get that for me. Um, and so I remember, like, she was picking me up because the bus would drop me off on this country road. It's a long story. I lived on the boondocks and stuff. And I got off the bus, got into my mom's car on the day of the launch, and she hadn't communicated to me all day, obviously, like, what had happened. So I got in the car like just wide-eyed like did you get it the playstation 2 did you get the playstation 2 on lunch day and she was just like talking about the weather like how was my day and i was like just tell me you guys like yeah sitting at home and i was so excited i went home and it was tech and tag tournament and ssx and the sad thing was that she got the console but they were sold out of memory cards on launch day Mm, so for the first like week or week and a half i just played the hell out of those two games but then was not able to save yeah. so like I knew those opening tracks to SSX so much I, I had a similar story with memory cards but it was, ours went a little differently because like we we had the it was Gundam Journey to Jabril which was like the early PS2 Gundam game and so we played oh, it and wow. then we realized it was like the first time it's like oh you have to save to a memory what because like we had a PS1 but we never like we didn't use it that much and it already what? had the memory card so it's like we didn't oh, really worry about it right yeah, yeah, yeah. so we never swapped out memory cards or anything and then we realized oh Okay, well, it's like 11 p.m. We can't do anything about it, so we just left it on overnight oh, yeah. and hoping it didn't like you know because the our PS1 basically eventually basically blew up, and so like we had to figure <laughs> out a way like okay, we're gonna we're gonna just keep playing it and but don't turn off this PS2 because we've beaten this game <laughs> at this point and we've unlocked you know a bunch of other Gundams, but if I swear to God we need to go like early morning and get a memory card so we can actually save this game. So it was like yeah. us playing a ton of that game, which was is not a good game, but like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was having to worry about like, God, if something happens to this PS2, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I played the beginning of Onimusha over and over and over without a memory card. It's weird that like that happened in that generation. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, Jeff and for you is like the Magnavox or whatever the hell. <laughs> no, uh, well, I told my N64 story oh, last yeah, time yeah, yeah. of 
we actually I talked my mom into taking me out during like the launch window and like actually finding one and then her telling me no we can't actually I'm not actually letting you get it I just uh-huh. didn't think we'd find it and so <laughs> yeah, I think I hate her too. I think it was probably <laughs> the Xbox was probably the first one where I was old enough to just buy it myself but yeah. I don't have any like I think I just brought it home and played Halo or Dead or Alive 3 which was cool. But yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't. Didn't it have wasn't to worry a about a memory event. card. That's right. There yeah. you go. There I still have a weird history of like getting a game before I have the console. So yeah. like I bought Banjo. Mm-hmm. Like I won a copy of Banjo Kazooie for like a Toonami sweepstakes. What? Before whoa, I ever whoa, ha- whoa, have it. Like a TV sweepstakes. Yeah. Yeah, you wrote into Tom himself. That's right, and he gave well because the grand prize was actually winning a console, but I only got a copy of the game, and so it was mailed to me. But I didn't have an N sixty four because I was kind of banking on that sweepstakes, and then I had a copy of Melee. <laughs> I was I, banking on that sweepstakes. <laughs> well, it's like a healthy sentence. Hey, well, because like I was a kid, like what what better way to save money and not have to you know work for weeks for, uh, on an allowance? And then I had a copy of Melee before I ever had a GameCube. So oh, wow. like for like maybe. Th- Four months or something. I had a like. I can't wait to play Super Smash Brothers Melee when I yeah, get this yeah, GameCube. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was Mega Man X Four that yeah. I had before I had the PlayStation. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, Captain Stubbs One says I just did my PlayStation year in review and is two thousand five hundred seventy six hours in a year too much gaming? Do I have a problem? <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Serial's got some numbers to throw up there, man. Like you're, yeah. I was blown away by yours. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like. Three, I had 300. Well, it's funny because, like, a lot of my Mortal Kombat 11 time was like just setting AI to farm like towers and stuff because you can just have them go run through that. Yeah. So I have like 320 hours in that. And wow. Then, but, like, the most surprising thing is that, like, that is a game that I just basically left on idle for a, for a while. But then, like, right below it is like Destiny 2 with like five fewer hours, <laughs> which is like that. That is that was That's like the most depressing you. part of like, ah, huh. like this game that I just left on. I played Destiny 2 for basically about that much without <laughs> doing that. What was your team? Uh, and then your I also total? played 80 hours of, of uh, Destiny on PC. So like, oh my god! I played a ton of Destiny. Wow. Uh, so who was it? This was uh, Captain Stubbs. Yeah. So you're fine, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had I was only at 291. I, I play a lot of Xbox. I don't remember so. my like actual hour count. I, I can maybe look it up if you want. Yeah. I was really bummed out when I saw mine because I think I've just been playing so many more games on PC on yeah. PC recently. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. so like, it's like oh, it turns out I barely played my PS4 in 2019. It was wild. It was like uh, Black Ops 4 was my number one. Oh really? And I was like wow. Yeah. That's I just insane. I. I love those stats. Like, I got to see how many hours I played Death Stranding, which was 40. Yeah. And it's like, I I just want that all the time. You like, get I that on Steam, Kyle, when yeah. you play PC games. <laughs> yeah, but then I just walk away. I, oh. I have, it's funny. I, it's funny. Uh, this is my own fault, but my Shadows of the Empire on good old games, My I just when I was streaming it, I would just leave it on because I don't I would, don't really... I use my MacBook to do work and stuff, and then I just left the PC. And so it says I, I played Shadows of the Empire 100 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... my I... I don't think I even got that email. I don't know where you guys are getting. Oh, there's these. a link that you go yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, but regardless, my Can we numbers do yours live. My numbers Ooh. would all be tainted because I fall asleep during games all the time. And We're just, gonna do this live for you, Jeff. I've got I've got 1296 hours total, but that's only on PS4 because I play a lot. Of Does it tell you games? how many hours you've been on Netflix? No, you know. No, oh, that would be your top game was that? Netflix. You can't stop. Zero Remember? hours in PSVR. So do you need the URL or you got it? I think I got the URL. So you, he does have to log in. So you might, if you want to, like, how many platinums did you guys earn with your bank account? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. It's kind of like a weird system. And social security account. number. Yeah. So just and get rid of list mine of greatest there. fears. But I do, yeah, like the 3D, I, yeah, Steam has it, which is awesome. I love that, just tracking your stats. And I loved the 3DS. 
Just had the list of your most played games with the hours next to it. I just want that on. I don't know why Switch doesn't do that. Why, why are they being coy about it? It's I don't like, know. you've played for 20 hours or more. You could have played this for any amount of time, but it's made at least 20 hours. And then the other thing yeah. is, Xbox does it sometimes. You assume that I'm going to remember my. Let me. I may be. He's I may have like the you, password dude. saved on my. Just look browser. it up on your phone, yeah. I don't have. Oh, yeah. okay. But uh, Xbox, certain games, it will tell you the hour count. Like, it just, it's just why, arbitrary. Why hide that? Depends. Like, the Epic Store didn't do it going? for a while. Here, I like, why hide that information? Slash played. Here we go, sir. This one's for you while Jeff figures that out. Fred DeNovo says recently Nintendo and Sony sent out everyone's 2019 most played games on their respective systems. As we are in the prediction season. What would you all predict are your top three most played games across any systems for 2020? Well, Destiny, duh. Is like, that I'm, true? I'm probably. That well, I've, I've already put a bunch of hours into it. Like this year, it's probably my most played game of 2020 so far. <laughs> Do you really think though? I Number think so. one, uh, they're, they're going to they're gonna put out another expansion pack, and like that's when getting in on. They those haven't games announced that, have they? They're. Pro- I mean, they're probably. They're probably. There will be some. F- like big destiny thing okay whether see, it's destiny see, 3 or like another expansion pack or the, like they just keep the season stuff going yeah there will be new destiny content i could see animal crossing being pretty high up there this year for me on switch yeah. i think obviously Final Fantasy 7 remake but i mean i don't know if i'll play that twice so how big could that number be i expect like maybe 20 30 hours something like that what are, what are the big switch games this year like animal crossing is the big one mm-hmm. right and then no more heroes maybe bayonetta yeah, Pokemon I dlc you. Yeah, which I don't, I I can't imagine those would be too huge. But maybe maybe on Switch, if if it's good, maybe yeah. Gods and Monsters, you know. Oh, interesting. Maybe. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, if if it's the developers of Odyssey, they know how to sink some hours. I, I would also like to announce that I'm just going to retire as soon as Guilty Gear comes out. I'm going to put a billion hours into that. <laughs> I'm, I'm pre- that's my prediction for 2020. So Je- uh, Jeff, I'm signed I in. clocked 1,289 hours of gameplay. Damn. Okay. Or sleeping. Or sleeping. Yes. Uh, it says I played 14 same, huh? games. Okay. Let's okay. Oh. Hey, that's fine. Dreams was 116 hours. Oh, wow. Holy. And I don't recall falling asleep too much during that one. Well, Dragon Quest Builders 2 was 49 hours, and then Far Cry New Dawn was 38 hours. Those oh, were wow. my top right. three, mm. apparently, which those numbers don't add up. Why? If my top game was 116 hours, yeah, and then 49 hours plus 38 hours, I've only played... 13 games. games, and it somehow adds up to 1,289? Right, come on, what are you, some sort of brainiac? Cooler with the math. These <laughs> numbers don't make any sense. <laughs> but there you go. All right. Longest streak was 15 hours I played a game during. What or it was? slept. You were sleeping. <laughs> it's all sleeping. <laughs> just, Longest streak of sleeping. Is your this, TV This cursed? is how I fall asleep. <laughs> 11 hours my top, on your couch? Yeah, do you my, just game on your on your bed? Is that what you yeah, do? Pretty much. <laughs> it's become my bed. My top game <laughs> online was The Division 2 with 11 hours. I they, Days huh. Gone is not on your most played list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know how those numbers add up. That's confusing. I love seeing those stats there for yeah, sure. Love yeah. it. Mark Cruz says, do you have gaming guilt? I will explain. I love Pokemon and Monster Hunter, and those games are built essentially to never end, so most days I spend my time playing one or two of them after work. But I often think I really should be, I should really beat Outer Worlds or Devil May Cry 5. Then I just end up playing more Pokemon Sword Shiny Hunting. Do you guys have that? A lot of gaming guilt in your life about, oh, I should be playing this. Why am I still playing this? I have, I think the my hierarchy of gaming needs is like, anytime I'm playing Destiny, I was like, man, I should be playing something else. And anytime I'm playing something else, I'm like, man, I should be playing Dota. 
<laughs> I've had more fun playing Dota. He's never happy. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the struggle that we all deal with of mm -hmm. that what I should be playing versus what I want to be playing. Right. And I try very hard to just go with what I want to be playing. You like, let it we all should, go. We should be, you should just be having fun. That's the whole effing point of this hobby. Right. Just play the games that make you happy. And there's that thing too, yeah, of like, well, I need to go back and finish Astral Chain. It's like, you know what? If I really wanted to do that, if I was having that much fun with Astral Chain and not just curious about what the second half of that game's like, I would have done it by now. I'm I gotta, on, gotta yeah. let mm -hmm. it go. I'm on file nine of that game and I'm, I, I'm at the point where it's like, I had a weird arc arc with that game of like kind of struggling with it first and now I f think it's too easy but like at this point I'm just like I'm, I feel like I'm just finishing it to finishing it like, right, I, yeah. I'm not like in a position where it's like oh, I can't wait I can't wait to see what they'll throw at me but next but agree it's a good game yeah it's good like it's good but it's like I'm not like I'm not in a position where it's like I, I feel like I've gotten out of this game what I'm gonna get like yes. putting however many more hours to finish it is not really gonna like affect my enjoyment of this game one way or the other yeah yeah but sure. maybe there's some crazy thing at the end of the game that you know changes Final but boss that, is, but that is always character. the thing right like but you know how often does that actually happen where sure. yeah I don't know yeah Muffin Crumbs is speaking my language saying hey Ben I heard you say you're a big fan of Survivor how excited are you for the all winter season coming up uh, War of the Winners is this season, and it's the 40th season of Survivor because they do two a year, so the mm. math gets a little bit confusing. But they're bringing back champions from across all the eras, and it's super exciting because it's like back in high school then. Yeah, like early high school. The first season I watched was season two, and then season three, the winner there was Ethan, who's awesome as i remember him from early high school and now he's coming back and playing this new season like i just love it that's drawing all these old timers in and just realizing like oh ethan's still a player like i it feels like in pokemon remember where they said that like ash like let go of his charizard in a recent season or something it was like wait it's still the same storyline that i watched <laughs> back in the day that's how this feels with war of the winners it's like that's still going on you can still pull from ethan for christ's sake so that's your huffing for a muffin that's my huffin' for a muffin. That's right. <laughs> is it? Well, I'm very excited. Don't. Okay, I'm not a Survivor viewer, but like, hey, don't the more recent. You should be this season. Uh, well, okay, don't the more recent hey. champions have an advantage? Because <laughs> they're younger and more fit. Like, it, how much of yeah. Survivor is like? Oh, a, but is it's basic... cerebral too. It is. It's social politics. The games. So you can win a number of different ways. Okay. And like, typically the younger, more Cultural fit players victory. early on, it's like, oh, they're a threat when it comes to the challenges, so we need to vote them out, right? Mm. So it's a lot of trying to balance about, like, I want to be a threat, mm -hmm. but not too much of a threat, and be pushy, but not too pushy, you know, so. What if the twist this year was that when people are eliminated, they actually die? Oh, that sounds great. Would you still watch it? <laughs> Would I? And it was like a brutal, grisly death on screen? Yes. It'd be more comfortable than what happened last season. Kyle? I yeah, I, he did. He okay. pulled us aside and spoiled it for us. I remember. Did it really? Yeah. Okay. I do yes. remember that. It was but unbearable. No, but honestly, if if people were actually dying no, as part of it. No, I wouldn't watch it. Okay. What if the, That's all I want to know because I'm, I'm guessing it would be a hit either way. <laughs> what if yeah. after In they 2020, died? that would be the number one TV show. <laughs> what if yeah. after they died, they showed you the new Final Fantasy trailer? Then yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Zion Gonzalez says, will you guys do a best of this generation prior to next gen? Maybe like best 15 <laughs> console games of this generation and best 10 Switch games. I'd love to do something about recapping the generation. I don't know what it would be. Wait, I thought we 
That was a decade, which spans two generations. Oh, generations. Oh, like a eulogy for the Xbox One. Yeah, no, I love it. Well, the Xbox is still alive. It's it's just going to be a Series X. That's right. uh, They're going to get back the Ethan Xbox mm -hmm. for the new season. Yeah, I love it because we did 3DS at one point, right? Which was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd be totally up for doing that for PS4 or something. Yes, we would like to do that. Mm -hmm. Trevor Corbin says, when I was younger, I mostly played online games with a few single-player games sprinkled in. As I've gotten older, I find myself becoming bored and then satisfied with online games games very quickly and pretty much exclusively playing single player games how have your guys's taste in games changed over the years uh, definitely on board with with that was it trevor or yes that? yeah that's i i don't get a lot out of playing multiplayer games generally anymore so i play it mostly single player anymore or... yeah i would did when you I... ever get into online stuff halo 2 was halo huge 2. um and uh, after that, it, it all it just I, I I go through the same set of emotions with all multiplayer games of like, and it just doesn't feel it rarely feels like novel or exciting to me to play. Even like something like Overwatch with all these like new mechanics and th- things like that. It's like, well, this this still kind of feels like like the my favorite matches from Halo Two. Like I've mm-hmm. I've had this experience before, and where single player yeah, games to me generally feel more novel and interesting and, and new to me. So, huh? Yeah, I think. Even though I still like JRPGs and they're still in my heart of hearts, like that was my main thing back in the day, right? Like early deep dive into gaming, and now it's like, yeah, there's a lot of JRPGs that I don't get to, or I'll start plenty of them and be like, oh, that's nice, but yeah, not for me anymore. It's it's wild how much I think the genre has left me. I haven't left the genre. (laughs) (laughs) I actually feel like I've gotten more into multiplayer games. Like I, I wasn't like a big multiplayer guy before even dota like i even like fighting game stuff i would play like the arcade modes and like oh i beat it with every character and, mm. and like play with my friends occasionally but it wasn't like a thing where it's like oh i'm gonna go out and find people to fight against in my local arcade but it was like like dota was like the first time i was like oh i guess i'll try it. it's from valve you know like they have a pretty good track record and like that that was a game that kind of like oh like the ways human think human uh, opponents think is like so wildly better than like any cpu so it's like just the idea of playing against that and trying to like beat other people at a game was like dota unlocked that in my brain for me Mm. so i've been more into multiplayer games since dota basically Hmm. uh david gilman hello do you guys have any rules you try to stick to when playing open world games like richard 3 or assassin's creed odyssey that have every icon under the sun when you open up the map to avoid feeling overwhelmed for instance i only do stuff that i would logically run into while moving from plot point to plot point it's an interesting strategy Jeff, you got any hot tips? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the main tip of just abandon your compulsion towards completionism and just really focus on the main story. Like, you're probably going to get more out of that. I guess, like, mix, try each type of side quest, side activity, you know, and if you really like like, do the ones that you really like, ignore the ones that you don't, but I think a lot of the time you can just stick to when you stick to a main campaign like you're still going to get a 20 or 30 hour experience most of the time and that's going to be enough for you you know yeah. like i that's something i've personally tried to do with more games especially since most of the games i play are open world and uh, like i don't i don't feel like i'm missing out when i when i actually do get myself to do that yeah so i still have that that compulsion to do everything on the map but like there are certain games are better about it. Like I know The Witcher Three had a really good system where it would categorize the side quests by like here's a 
a main like a main quest, side quest, and like a treasure hunt. And then at some point, you I just abandoned abandoned the treasure hunt since they weren't really doing anything for me. Mm-hmm. But like all the, the the side quests in that game are, are good enough that I was that I had fun doing them. But it's like finding finding like okay, what what is my cutoff here? Finding appropriate cutoffs and not compulsively doing everything is something that mm-hmm. I've tried to get better at. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stud Muffin, great question, Stud Muffin, saying, how do you decide what to wear? Mm. How do you decide <laughs> what to kind wear? That's kind of a weird question. I really am tickled by this question. What's that, still clean? Yeah. What's still clean? But do, you, do we all have clothes that technically we could wear, but you just, oh, I'll never yeah, I, that's not even on the table. No, I I told you that that you was my get a load of this. That's, that's right, a couple right. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> I packed all that stuff away, and now it's just shirts that I actually yeah that spark that you know yeah. whatever I, Marie Kondo says. I that's right. I think a lot about Joy. what day it is. Joy. I think like starting to do the video version of podcasting has changed it a little bit. Where it's like, well, I guess I should wear a nicer ish shirt if I'm going to be on video that day, and then. Also, with the MinMax Studio, I think, well, I certainly need a long sleeve shirt. Otherwise, I'll freeze, freeze to it. death in this hellscape <laughs> unless we hit our 15K goal and get a studio. Uh, and so that's a factor, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've, I've been wearing this hoodie for like six months now because you said don't wear black down here because we would blend in with the background. And, and apparently, yeah, I'm yeah. the only one who still follows that. This was the only. This is gray. This is light gray. I mean, yeah, you're doing okay, sir. Yeah, we're all doing fine. Um, but yeah, I think there's a certain formula of you want to shake things up, but then still maintain upper third favorite clothes. Yeah, I think like I I'm save at. shirts for certain days. Like, oh, I'm going right. to be going doing a bunch of stuff that day. I'll wear the shirt that day. Mm-hmm. Hey, no. here's a question. I think I'm a clean guy. Kyle, you can smell me. Very clean Seems overall. All right. yeah. Thank you. Um, but do we have this thing where sometimes you go to some clothes that have been sitting there for a while, not worn, and they smell weird? Like in your drawers and stuff? <laughs> that's right. Do your drawers smell weird? I think no? that's probably a do- drawer problem more yeah. than anything. I, well, I don't have drawers. It's on a shelf in my it's room. Shelf you have problem. shelf problems. Do you, your guys' don't close. Your, your clothes don't stink your, if you. No, not until I wear them. Like, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, if I, they're like in a closet or something, then they can kind of start no to smell. No closet. Then maybe does your room just smell? Is no, you have it's a clothes. Do you have maybe get some kind of like. Uh, one of those the things that like will help absorb moisture and closets and shelves and stuff like that. Maybe get with some of those. And you put them in my room. You put them in your closet. Like they're, they're... I would wake up like a prune. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> we but... don't know what's going on with you, handsome. That's drawers, the problem. Man. Please write yeah. in. Do your clothes smell if you haven't worn them? For Go a while. to IKEA. Get some drawers. And... Okay. Yeah. Uh, is getting us back on track by saying the best S game that doesn't begin with super is SimCity. You idiots. We got it. He's probably right. Uh, Adam Walker has a little testimonial here, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, last Friday night, 15 to 20 MinMax friends from the Discord successfully had our first official Halo community night. That's right. It was roughly three hours of laughter and utter joy. Several of the participants, myself included, later stated it was some of the most fun they've had playing multiplayer video games in years. Uh, so thanks for helping us bring help bring us together. The Discord channel has now been rebranded to Community Game Nights. Uh, for like one of the channels within the MinMax Discord. Yeah. And we're working on building lists and polls for upcoming sessions to include more platforms than just Xbox. I know I'm not a, quote, to-the-top level supporter. <laughs> to the to top! top! 
But I was hoping you could give a shout out to the channel in the Discord and as well a shout out to the MinMax Xbox Club and the MinMax PS4 group. I'd love to see what kinds of things the MinMax community would create and play together. Thanks for the great content. P.S. Shout out to Grizzled Gaming for being the only player Friday night to manage to finish a match with a negative score. <laughs> they, so shared, nice. they shared this video that I'd never seen before, but I guess it's like a thing where it was like one player in the middle and then like eight other players circling around them, like pretty close, right? Okay. And then the player in the middle would just spin around with a shotgun and then what? fire it off. And then like yeah, and that was like the you know that was the game to see like who it was like roulette that's basically. That's so fun. And I was like that's awesome. <laughs> that's so <laughs> that's smart. That sounds so fun. Thank you so much, Ed Walker, and thank you for yeah uh, creating the Discord channel yeah. and stuff like that. So that's super fun. And again, if you support uh, Min Max at any level, uh, you get access to uh, to the Discord. And that sounds like the perfect way to do online gaming at this oh, point yeah. because we we live in such like a walled little garden of like a utopia of online people who are actually cool and nice to each other mm -hmm. that yeah like if you if you need people to play with that's where to find them there it is nick l says a little twist on the desert island question mm. uh no topical for this <laughs> week's release what is your hyperbolic time chamber video game jeff um, you know what this means he will soon yeah. uh, hyperbolic time chamber <laughs> hyperbaric uh, nope no no, no. I don't you know why idiot. you'd possibly be confused with that. It's not a hyperbaric chamber. It's a hyperbolic When time were you idiots talking about this? Uh, it's a Dragon Ball thing. Oh, so, so perfect. As, as a reminder, a day outside equals a year inside the hyperbolic mm, okay, time chamber. Okay. So not something you want to play forever, just something you want more time with. What game, Jeff, would you bring into your hyperbolic time chamber? So for I want to play it for 100 years, well, but it will only cost me a day. Yeah, you can, uh, you can know a day is a year. I mean, you can go in there for a few minutes. Oh, so yeah. one year is a day. Yeah. Yeah. So you can okay. just one like, year in the chamber is a day in the in the real it's world. It's basically, basically a way of pausing life. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's very fun in Dragon Ball because it's like we're not strong enough. I know. Let's go in the very obvious training thing that distorts mm, time. Mm, mm, but for some reason, he can only go in there twice. Just, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. And then you have to punch your son once when you're in there. It's yeah. very okay. Yeah. Uh, Red Dead. Oh, I gotta, sure. I gotta fucking finish Red Dead at some point. <laughs> you, uh, I, I yeah, genuinely think one. about that every other day, and I get angry. Yeah, well, so do I, Hanson. <laughs> if only there was some way. I know, but I'm playing what I, I, what I want to in the moment. Do you want to come over here and stream it? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. It, it'll never end. It'll okay. still never end. All right. That's fine. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, for me, it's Witcher 3, I think. I'd like to play it, but for just, me, like, too. I've right? tried to start multiple times, and uh, I recently picked up the Switch version. Mm. So maybe this time I will finally make some headway on that game. The, the furthest you I've won't. gotten is about like six hours in on Xbox okay. One, I think. So. Did you get out of White Orchard? Uh, the first area? I'm not sure. I think so. I fought some like mermen the first time I played it. There was a there was cool. an angry fetus that I had to bury related okay, to that's king. Yeah, that's after that. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't get to the angry fetus. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I didn't mine, get to Isaac or whatever. Mine might either be like at this point either Street Fighter 3 or like maybe Mortal Kombat. Just figure out how to get better at those oh, games. Sure. Yeah. 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 But, I, but then I'd have to bring someone in with me. But uh, That's right. Yeah. Bring your son. I got somebody in mind. You could get your son from the future to come join you. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. Yeah. You want friends? Have kids. <laughs> uh, Brian Brown writes in and says, Hey, Min Max Crew, last week you all had a discussion of games that start with S. <laughs> I've, what? Here's the, a list the fact of, that this was the talking point. Here's <laughs> a list of games that you idiots forgot. Oh, perfect. 
Uh, first of all, all Street Fighter games. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we Except know. for Super. Okay. The best one. The best Street Fighter team Space game. Invaders. Okay. Sonic the Hedgehog. Silent Hill. Spyro. Uh, okay. Skate, so far, I don't... Mm. Streets of Rage. Samurai <laughs> Showdown. Sly Cooper. Soul Calibur. Sto- sorry. Soul oh, Calibur. Shut up. Star Fox. South Park Games. Shenmue. And Stardew Valley. I don't know that. Sad. I feel like, with the exception of Street Fighter, I don't know that any of those top Shadow of the Colossus, personally. No. But yeah, but we didn't come up with Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> <That's either. true. laughs> You're giving us a gimme. I, I can't even remember what we said. We probably said like Spider Man, Sekiro. Yeah, Sekiro. yeah, yeah. It's Sekiro. hard to come up with Vincent the things that okay. came out that year. Yeah, yeah. I still too also. I, I don't know why I'm so mad about this. I wasn't even there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think, but it, I think we still nailed the right answer though. That because the question was like, what is the game? What is the letter that has the best games? And we it's, it's it's said S quickly. Yeah, yeah. You know? Second best, though? T. Q. For the? Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends <laughs> on what categorization. The Street Fighter, The Shadow of the Colossus, The Ico. I can't wait for The Street Fighter, the gritty <laughs> reboot. Uh, Rich Lynch says, hey, been in the CLCs. Hello. Hi. Uh, over the last couple weeks, I've struggled with how mean everyone has been about Rise of the Skywalker and seemingly Star Wars in general. Mm. I've always loved the series, even at its lowest point, and seeing this thing that used to be such a source of joy be trashed by the same people who spent years defending the prequels is sort of weirdly painful. So in the spirit of getting better, do you guys have any advice for dealing with jerks on the internet? When it comes to stuff you love, more important, more importantly, what can we all do to avoid becoming one of those jerks? Just avoid it. Yeah. Just don't That's step right. into avoid the right Skywalker. <laughs> I mean, ignoring it, but also there's one, and maybe this is like rude, but like for me, like I find a lot of solace in just, and maybe this isn't the best example because it's like criticism is all based on your own personal opinions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But a lot of things, it's just like as long as I'm just like this person is wrong, and it's like they can yeah. just be wrong and they can die wrong, and that's fine. <laughs> And they can you just know, die. Like, I'll let you die. I don't die want wrong. them to die, uh-huh. but like I just like they're wrong, and it's like yeah. I can argue with them online, but like I I don't want to. Like don't engage, ignore, and just know that they are incorrect, right? About the thing that they're incorrect. And about. and strangely enough, it does feel like a very Star Wars move, right? Of like wanting to be tempted by the dark side, <laughs> wanting to have that yeah. moment of no, and then just beating the hell out of something with your lightsaber. Then it's like you don't got to do it. Yeah. That's an option. You know how you keep a healthier, cleaner life, just don't dip a toe into those waters. Don't. Yep. It's, don't. It's, it's you'll your always own regret fault it. for doing that. Yes. yes. Just stay away from it. Just stay away. You go don't back, need to have an opinion on everything. Go back out. I mean, obviously, continue to enjoy MinMax and spend your time online <laughs> yeah. with the MinMax community and everything. <laughs> yeah. But then just get away from a computer or a right. screen and spend some time in the real world with people who love you mm-hmm. and enjoy your presence and just try and do that more. Yeah. I try. I still fall into a real habit, though, of like even if I'm with loved ones, and I'll still be like, well, let me just get angry about politics real quick. <laughs> like I love this, and stuff. that's when it's important for your loved ones to slap that phone out of your hand. Right, right. Uh, Tim Laro says recently I met the husband of my wife's childhood friend at their house, and it was super awkward. I'm trying to figure out the, the like, husband of I'm trying to the, build the diagram so of relationship. wife's childhood friend. Yes, so. Okay. You know, okay, wife wanted okay, to hang out okay. with a childhood friend, and she's married now, and it's like, okay, here's a husband. Right, you have, you have to spend time with what him What are now. we going to talk That's about? That's such a weird, like, how close are you to your wife's childhood friend? Well, I mean, well, if they're still, if they're lifelong there, friends. Well, well right, know. but it's like, that, that it's is basically, a, The question is basically boiling down to, like, you, you have an obligation to spend time with someone you're unfamiliar with, right? And they're weird, yeah. right? Not weird. It was just awkward. No, oh, okay. I'm very it's, familiar it's with this. <laughs> what? Because everybody's uncomfortable? No, because of kids. 
Like if right. I, I, if I want to, if I if my kid wants to play with another kid, mm-hmm. I have to. Usually, it's like you have to play with the. the I'm family. in public with the the parent for like using an the hour same toys. Or two. Yeah. yeah, watching our kids and being like, "Yeah, we sure have kids, huh? Yeah, we definitely have kids." <laughs> well, here we go. All right, Tim Laro says until it was awkward until I noticed he had a whole shelf of Switch games and found out that he apparently used to work at a GameStop. It turned out that a lot of we had a lot of fun chatting games while the ladies caught up. Well, I find video games are a very awkward topic with non-gamers. It can unite us as well. That's mm. very true. It what is, a good point. It is, and I always like, and I can't, I can't ever hear the question without realizing what it is. But the ultimate icebreaker is: so, what are you playing right now? Yeah, you know that that's like shorthand for people who are probably socially awkward to begin with, myself included. Uh-huh. But it's just an easy way to start talking about games. Yeah, it's, just, it's an easy what way to say like lately? I'm, I'm in, I'm willing to hear what you have to say on this particular topic. Because I'm interested in it also. Like, yeah. yeah. I love it. Like, mm-hmm. And I think people are like, oh, you must be sick about talking about video games. I'm so sorry to bring it up with you. I'm like, are you nuts? Like, I talk about video games all the time because I love talking mm-hmm. about them. Like, yeah. I will always prefer to talk about video games versus other stuff for the most part. But, like, yeah, I had this experience recently um, where, like, you know, I went out over the holidays to my girlfriend's parents' place and stuff. And, like, she has some younger brothers. And, like, her younger brother was, like, walking me through all of his xbox 360 games for a very long oh, time okay. and like everyone in the family is like hey you can bail at any point like feel free like you don't need to humor him it's totally fine like you guys nuts like we're gonna talk about the weather in seattle upstairs where i can be down here and play marvel versus capcom 3 like of mm-hmm. course i'd rather be doing this this is great uh, yeah. and then i play on Mar- the sand it's still a classic what's that 50 cent blood on the sand still a classic <laughs> yeah it's exactly a classic. which by the way sir i think i'd like to because I played a lot of the first Marvel vs. Capcom mm-hmm. and then dabbling with Marvel vs. Capcom 3 yeah. again. I think I'd like to get into that series. Yeah. Can you help me with that? Maybe. <laughs> Are you good? <laughs> at, do you understand Marvel vs. Capcom 2? I, 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 I like Marvel. I don't think – I think that's the game that I'm worse at because it just requires the, like to be good at that. Or like you know, just watching high-level plays is like yeah. the one where I feel most alienated from it because I'm like, right. oh, these people are way faster and have practiced way more setups and stuff than I will ever even learn. But even but, your worst fighting game, you're so much better than us that we can still – Oh, yeah. You're like the Mr. Miyagi. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'm bad at this. Let me – Impart my wisdom onto you and make you a hundred times better anyway. Don't sell yourself so strong, uh, sir. Ma'am. Maybe I can. Believe <laughs> you can. This will be my journey as well. <laughs> so, I also want to play Marvel's Capcom Two, and so Two? that's available on 360. So you yeah, can download it there. Is that right? It's. Uh, I want to say it got delisted. Yeah. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. Listed. What do I have to do? Get a Dreamcast? What's the best way to play it? Dreamcast. Then? If you're gonna play it on console. Uh, yeah, better than PS2. Yeah the, yeah, the Dreamcast version is seen as like one of the most arcade perfect. I mean, that's the really. One I, yeah. I, I as a as a youngster, I borrowed my friend's Dreamcast, and that was the game I played. Pretty yeah, much. is that right? Yeah. There, there were people playing that game on Dreamcast at Evo, so it's like and and not really? on PS2. So yeah, jeez, that's yeah, wild. So get a Dreamcast and that incredibly <laughs> rare game for Dreamcast. Yeah, I think I could figure that part out. Probably weak. That I will uh, say that like three is a lot more accessible. That that ga- that game's on Steam. Yeah. So yeah, two seems very cool though. Mm. Three still has Tron Bond is really all I care about. My, I mean, it's my got Frank West. It's got Arthur. Yeah. It's got Phoenix Wright in it. Yeah, it's fun. That's it's fun. got Nemesis. You know? That is true. He's yeah. very funny. Dante, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Virgil. There we go. Uh, Matthew Falve says, I loved high school sleepovers and the Nintendo 64. <laughs> AKI wrestling games and Goldeneye being top tier. Any sleepover stalwart selections you four could say? Stalwart it's selections. Sleepover stalwarts. Uh, yeah, I, I really think about it like in middle school. I remember we had a sleepover at the school. Do you guys ever have sleepovers at schools? 
No. It was very weird. It was, it was awesome because it's like, okay, well, now everyone just bring a sleeping bag and you can just sleep in the school. And it was in middle school and I saw there was like an older kid that was like, I don't know, chaperone? I don't know what he's doing there. But he was playing Goldeneye on the 64. It's the first time I'd ever seen that. I think it was probably the first time I've ever seen a first-person shooter, which is very dumb. Um, and I remember seeing him shoot the hat off a guard. And I was like, what is this? And then like diving into the multiplayer, like once he stopped playing the campaign, my mind was completely blown. Mm. That was one of the, my favorite gaming moments of my life. Just realizing like, what is this genre? What is this console? What is everything that I'm looking at here? Who are you? Why are you here? You That's right. Why old. am I sleeping in a school? Why am I the only person that you invited to sleep over at the school? Why are we in the gym? Why are my pants off? Uh, okay, Anyways, sleep over Star Wars. Can anything beat Goldeneye? No. Okay. I, I had fun. Uh, Tony Hawk 3, like passing the controller. I, that was the kind of stuff I liked, like, not necessarily competitive head-to-head stuff, but just like working together to try to beat high scores and stuff like that. Like yeah. I, I, I had more fun with that kind of experience. Yeah, I think for me, a lot of it was like four-player single-screen games, like anything like the you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or like later on the like the Marvel Ultimate Alliance and like X Men Legends game. Any, anything where it's like, hey, we can just sit here and just do yeah. this one thing for hours without like you know if we don't have to get mad at each other because we were playing a game against each other, and then then one person eventually like realizes they're way worse, and so they stop kind of investing in it. It's so like anything where you can just like you know. So for now, I'd be like Diablo Three would be like oh, a fun. really yeah. good game to get four people together and just like play the crap out of it for hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good one. Uh, Robin Jones says, hey, I'll just a quick ponder. Why is no one on earth calling it the light switch? I'm absolutely stunned oh, how no. this hasn't been a thing and no one is using it apart from me. Yeah, that's a good point. That I, is I never thought of that. I've never yeah. considered that either. That is upsetting. I'm so sorry, Robin. They blew it. Yeah, yeah we'll try. Genius. We'll try calling it. Where's my light, light switch? switch? I can't find my light switch. My light switch is dying. Did you ever buy one, Kyle? I have one, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, because my kid just totally took over Pokemon, and I was jealous, so my wife bought me one because she's very sweet, even though I don't have a job. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Dylan Northrup says, I've seen several games journalists and commentators saying Cyberpunk 2077 is one of their most anticipated games of 2020. Well, I really enjoyed the genre and thought the demo shown last year was compelling. I cannot in good conscience buy the game from given CD Projekt Red's very poor labor practices. Mm. It's actually a little frustrating to hear the breathless coverage of Cyberpunk 2077 from outlets and from this very podcast, sorry, while ignoring the conditions workers that went through to produce the game. What is the view of y'all about the situation? Also, what circumstances around a game's development would cause you to avoid playing it, regardless of the quality of the title? Yeah, that's not We're in a particularly thorny situation where it's like we're doing this to some degree for our careers, right? Like, And so like we kind of... We want to be able to do our jobs. We kind of have to play Cyberpunk, but like, I, I can totally see why someone would be off put by that, especially if yeah, they've had a, totally. an experience specifically. Like, if you've had an experience where like you know you experienced crunch or were like overworked, and you see someone like getting lauded despite th- this thing happening, I can totally like I, like I don't want to like say like you shouldn't, you know, like you shouldn't feel bad about missing out on that game. Um, at the same time, though, it's like I don't know, like pe- people cope in different ways, and so like if if. If you're telling people to say like, oh well, don't don't enjoy this thing because of this thing, like I totally get that, but it's it's more about making people aware of that kind of fact and be able to call it out and talk about it versus like, uh, like you shouldn't do this because of this reason, right? Like, yeah, that, that's I mean, sort of right. It's so complicated because the other thing is like, to boycott that game is it hurts the developer ultimately, right? Like you want to the game should sell well, it's, their work should be rewarded, but we also don't want to reward that type of work ethic. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you work this hard, the game will sell. But 
like it's so complicated. Like there's not a great answer because like if the game doesn't sell well, then and the studio falls apart, God forbid. That's like a whole other problem. You yeah. Know? So yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really tough question. Yeah, and that that's also like every product at this point. You know, like it it gets into the conversation of like where's your phone made? Who who's right. who's responsible for that? Um, Netflix has a whole terrible show uh, that's called Rotten. That's all about food and yeah. and. Boy, go down those episodes one at a time, and it will just ruin one type of food, avocados. You like chocolate? Guess what? You're not <laughs> going to after you watch this. Like the, it's, uh, It has become very difficult to, to be a moral consumer, yes. And yeah. I right. I don't know what the answer so is. So I think the, 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 the best solution that I have is like to just do both of those. It's like to burn that candle on both ends in, in a way. Like, like if you want to play cyberpunk, don't feel bad about playing it, but also like be like be conscious about about that stuff. And like you know, specifically for journalists, I think it's important to be able to call that stuff out when you see it, and to not like try to well let's avoid talking about that because you know they might not give us preview code. Like I think that 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 sucks. But like you know, specifically when it comes to coverage, I think we should be talking about both of those things like, like ah, i yeah, want to play cyberpunk but also kind of sucks that they you know yeah like kind no of, yeah. know the amount of work that went into that you yeah. know and like how troublesome it can be for sure and demand better e- even just normal consumers i think you can still consume the thing but demand better from the companies that are making it yeah and there you hopefully go. they'll listen uh james smith says hello ben handsome and the mad max crew thank you uh which developers would you give the following dormant game franchises to? Okay. Here's a twist. You can't give them to anyone who has worked on them before. Okay. <clears throat> so dormant game franchises, which developer would we put on these? Okay. Resistance. 343. Three. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Get them off Halo? <laughs> no, I don't know. I was just trying to think of like, okay, aliens, shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like who's done good alien shooters? Well, Bungie and 343. Three, I think a good resistance choice, 4A. The Metro team. Oh, I bet they could have a really yeah, your good grounded better. take your on resistance. Better. That's a good answer. Mm, yeah. Good answer. Good answer. You did it. Uh, Sly Cooper. Nintendo. You can't say Sanzaru. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. Too. Uh, what about within Sony's family? The Astrobot team. Asobi. Yeah. In terms of like the best 3D platforming I've seen in a while. I know Sly Cooper's a little bit different, but. I will say, here's a weird one because. Jack and Daxter and Sly Cooper go hand in hand. Um, like Naughty Dog taking on a Sly Cooper because I think Sly Cooper is a more uh, sort of m- more interesting set of characters than Jack and Daxter. I think there's more sure. emotional depth to the cast of Sly Cooper than there is to Jack and Daxter. And what do you want the art style to look like? Uh, cell shaded. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't want realistic Sly Cooper. Okay, you don't want that freaky Daxter art that like no. Or the movie, the Sly Cooper movie uh, mm-hmm. trailer that came out. That I don't know what happened with that. That thing is just dead in the water, I guess. But oh, I, did it never come out? Uh, not that I'm aware. Oh, you of. mean I, there was a thing that someone announced and then it didn't actually <laughs> yeah, not materialize? From, from software. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, and that was a movie too. It's completely different. Oh yeah, and it might still come out. The Ratchet and Clank movie came out, and sure. I, I, I went. And I saw don't it. care. It was a stupid joke, Kyle. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> also, you can say Naughty Dog for any of these, yeah. Because yeah. I but, would just like to see Naughty Dog do anything. But the reason, I, the re- but they have made an amazing platformer. Like Jack yes. and Daxter is a fantastic platformer. But they haven't made one in like a no, while. It's been though. a while. So it's like yeah. the talent turnover. It's like, do, are there still a lot of people who know how to make? Do a they good even platformer? know how to make every- characters jump anymore? <laughs> good question. Good question. Uh, they do the thing where they're like they're holding a gun and they're like <laughs> jumping over a gap. <laughs> Uh, Hold on, you jump all the time in Uncharted. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a joke, Kyle. Move on. No, no, no. 
Here's a tricky one. Portal. Mmm. Uh, who's the, made the Talos principle yeah. games? Those are supposed to be good, right? Ooh, what about Double Fine? Mm. Yeah. What about humor? What about Davy Reading? Yeah, oh, that'd be interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. More Beginner's for the guide. style of humor and, and sure, narrative sure. tone. Jonathan Blow? Sure. Jonathan oh, I, I would love to see a pretentious portal game. <laughs> That's what they could call it. Are there <laughs> any? Are there any just other huge like puzzle game developers? Yeah, that's where I would. That's what we said about naming one of the job as you developer. That guy, yeah. uh, um, Cappy. <laughs> Cappy, I'm sure. Okay, they do 2D stuff All mostly. Right. But... Hey, 2D Portal. Uh, okay, uh, Skate. Skate's coming back. Did you hear? And you know who's developing it? You'll never believe it. Leo Vader himself. Leo Vader himself. <laughs> mm. uh, see, you got to go for a technical studio. Criterion. Criterion? Oh, interesting. That's cool. That's like it. That. Okay. Crashes between people. I don't know. It's just this comic coming together with two bodies like, <laughs> yeah. just flying against each other. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like, it, this looks like a video montage where people keep falling off their skateboards tech. Mm-hmm. I think they would, they would have that down. <laughs> what if it was all, like... Because skate's so technical, it broke it down so it wasn't real time, and it was like turn based, and you're controlling each joint and percentages <laughs> oh, that they move. And that it's sounds for a- terrible. Then it's a for axis joint. <laughs> sounds like a game. Just give it to the co-op developer then. So you have like 18 different keys on the keyboard for every part of the like your feet and you your hands the toes and balance. So you're saying I shouldn't launch this Kickstarter for for axis to make skate for? <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Well, it'd be funny just to launch it. Like, hey, what the hell? For axis is like I don't think we're not associated with this. Crisis. Valve. <laughs> Naughty dog. <laughs> they don't do first-person shooters. Does anyone want Crisis to come back? I don't know. Uh, Leo does. But... Ubisoft Mon- or Eidos Montreal, the DSX people. Okay, sure. Perfect Dark. I think Certain Affinity. And I also think that they are a likely candidate if they affinity. wanted to make a new one. They did a lot of like Halo support throughout the years. Um, they made Wait. like the Doom 2016 multiplayer. Okay, okay. You know, yeah. They've been in a weird spot in the industry for so long of just being on support. They had an action RPG back in like 2011. They made, um, I forget the name of it. What about like people Crimson can fly? Lines? People can fly oh, from Perfect that's Dark. A, that's an interesting answer. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Just go I'll crazy. It's happening it. now. Yeah, I'll take it. Fable. Launch that Kickstarter. Fable. I think Playground mm. is honestly a great choice. I think that's a super fun choice. Yeah, fun. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to see that rumored game for sure. Um, but yeah, as far, as far as like other, because uh, you think, uh, I'm sorry, who's the Outer Worlds? Obsidian. Obsidian. Maybe Obsidian. I don't know why that was. Couldn't think of that yeah, name, but that sure. might be interesting. Bioware. That is an mm-hmm. interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, Dino Crisis. From software. Ooh. Uh, honestly, From Software Dinosaur game? Kyle, if you had to choose, though, between From Software and Sony Santa Monica. Oh, Sony Santa Monica. For exactly. So sit down before okay. you fall down. Uh, Jeff, um, I mean, surreal. <laughs> uh, or Sucker Punch, right? They were making a dinosaur game, weren't they? Oh. Uncharted. There we go. Yeah. Just go back and make their Uncharted game. But call uh, it Dino Crisis. <laughs> uh, he says, in the bonus round, if you're up for it, canceled games. Rainbow Six Patriots. You want somebody who's a little bit edgy. I mean, what is what's the hook of Rainbow Six Patriots? Is that it has an like an edgy story that's going to make more them comfortable? realistic, kind of, and then mm-hmm. 
like realistic gameplay and then also dealing with real world issues. Yeah. I'll go with Sam Barlow, whatever he's connected to uh, from her story. Yeah. Yeah. Just him? Just, just him. Right whatever game strange. he can make. Yep. yep. Uh, Scalebound. So Platinum Platinum was developed? Yep. Okay. Which is, that's another one where it's like, well, what was the hook of that the, game? Is the like Dragon's you... Dogma developers? Whatever team that is. Yeah, oh, within then, Capcom. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Because they have big, they got big, big dragons. That you, that you can climb. What about this? What if you lean into like the fact that it's all about him listening to music on his headphones while he's riding and battling these dragons? What if you give it to a harmonics? Harmonics makes scalebound. <laughs> Seems like you're focusing on on a very specific. No, this is the future of scalebound. <laughs> Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Naughty, Naughty dog. dog. <laughs> yeah. Of course. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, uh, James Smith, and thanks everybody else that wrote in. Uh, you all are wonderful Patreon supporters, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you. I think it's a little time for something we call Get a Load of This. Get a Load of This. Gallon itself. Come back, man. Great. Jeffem, kick it off again, then. Hey, get man. a load of this. Hey. Yep. Uh, it's a video. Oh, great. That no. people aren't going to be able to see. You're just going to have to add the link to it, all right? Uh-huh. Because it's a video that people should watch. Okay. Um, it's by... So this artist named Stan Prokopenko has a YouTube channel called Proko, okay? but ba- <laughs> Not okay. Basically, he does a bunch of... I've been watching a lot of art and drawing videos for some reason. Ooh, that's Whatever. Check out the bin bear. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he, does, he does a lot of great uh, stuff himself, but then he also interviews interesting artists and stuff. And so he has one video that we will link to, but I... Lost, lost what it was actually called. Oh, no. uh, it is, it's called Kim Jung Gi, How to Become a Master. Okay, but basically, it's this Korean artist who does drawings and illustrations. And the guy is considered a master. I had never heard of him, but he does just these insane murals. And I, I guess he's the kind of guy who's drawing all the time, uh-huh. but you know, with like ink brushes in his in like sketchbooks he sell like every year he will basically just sell a sketchbook that is all of the drawings that he did from that year but they are insane pictures and he does it all from imagination like he Uh and he doesn't like block anything out and he he is a master to the point where he will put on these exhibitions where he will for three hours he will draw a mural and it will just be a giant big sheet of paper on the wall and he will just sit there and he will draw out this um, just amazing compilation like the most creative and weird drawings that you've ever seen just straight from his head onto the page in a way that just seems impossible to do yeah and so this video specifically kind of interviews him about his process and how he's kind of gotten to that point which essentially is just he's drawn for so many years and he's like he basically just has all these references in his head that he pulls from and then he will you know he will set up a scene and he will imagine it in his mind from different perspectives and a lot of a lot of the pictures he does are with like a fish eye lens perspective oh so he like warps everything around and he said that basically he does it because he's selfish and he just wants to like capture more of a scene but he just kind of Intuitively knows how to work that into a perspective, and That's it's wild. It's Are some you looking of the craziest... to draw? I have always dabbled and always been interested in drawing, but really? it's 
It's not something that I have ever, you know, felt that I've made the progress that I've ever wanted to. And so these videos are interesting to watch and see. But just even if you're if you're if you don't have any aspirations of drawing for yourself, like yeah. the creativity in his drawings, some of them are a little they get a little nudie. So no. if, if if that's scary to you, then uh, don't do it. But just crazy, crazy and interesting and very creative yeah. drawings. The link and, will be in the description along yes. with other stuff. We should start putting it in there for so sure. Get a load of that. I love it, man. Do you want me to go right. next or you want to go straight? Okay. Uh, so mine, uh, I'm sorry for the, the person who wrote in about Star, or, uh, Star Wars, but uh, there was a tweet from Quentin Reviews called uh, at Q Review. It says, Holy S, ScreenCraft just did a list of screenwriting wisdom from J.J. Abrams, and this right. is the first thing. And he screenshotted part of the article that says, Quote, I hate to look at stuff I've written and consider what it means or why I do it. Quote, you don't have to overanalyze your work. You write what you write because there's something inside you compelling you to do so. Sometimes it's best not to search for answers and figure out what makes you tick. Leave it as a mystery, as magic. And is, everyone is yeah looking for another dagger to use to stab J.J. Abrams at this point. But his message of yeah. don't overthink it, you get what he's going for, right? Yeah, like, don't I, try I, and I, read subtext in your own work, type of thing. A little like don't don't try to like presuppose subtext onto that. Yeah, thing, but it's also like a little. It, it's like, you can do both with those things. You can, Not you a can, great time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. I read the rest of those tips from him and. I won't get I won't get dragged back into this. Don't, but, but was I, one of them? Don't worry about the ending; you'll figure it out later. Yeah, but one of them was like you know, like find the core of the story that you're trying to tell and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, I heard him talk about that so many times in interviews. Like, what was the story you were personally excited about telling in Rise of Skywalker? Because I I watched that movie and I don't know what it is, <laughs> other than watch me try and please a lot of Star Wars fans. Yeah, and I think miss. But that's just personally me. All right. Anyways, Kyle. Wait, real quick. On a more oh. positive note, oh. a quick second one is that uh, one uh, Blake Hester recently <gasps> wrote an article yeah. for Polygon.com called "All the Money in the World Can Make Connect Happen," which is a, mm. a very long read, but I suggest you read it. It's very good. Uh, Blake is really good at finding like these interesting angles to things of like, oh, I always wondered what happened with that. Like, yeah. he, he's very good at finding those stories and sussing those out, and this is another really good read from him. And yeah. the art in it is awesome, and it's yeah. done by Joe Buckles, uh, yeah. who's uh, oh, a really? good friend of Leo. Yeah, yeah. 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 He happens to be credited as Kobisoft Joe in the article, which is interesting. But yeah, yeah shout out to Joe. He's yeah. cool. Yeah. Joe Sweet. and Blake were both game former interns. Yeah. Good friends. Yeah. Kyle. Uh, mine's a lot like Jeffum's. And then it's, Another, really, it's really very hard. There's a guy with a YouTube too. channel named Prog. <laughs> no, mine's very short. It just made me laugh. Um, <laughs> the DiGiorno Pizza Twitter account uh, tweeted recently on uh, January 13th, uh, we will not be at E3 2020 either, in case you were curious. <laughs> Do you like that, or is that just dumb brands like trying it. to clumsily? That, I mean, I certainly uh, roll my eyes at brands a lot, but I like that because it's like, has nothing to do with like anything it's yeah. a pizza brand it's made me laugh so yeah, that's good it's cute uh you know like most days i was talking with somebody about like uh, burkas for mm. muslim women of course of course yeah and i brought up this hypothetical of like how would it work if there was a muslim woman in space would she wear the burqa mm. inside the spacesuit how would that work exactly so i looked it up like what are we gonna do Turns out there have been. Uh, <laughs> what, what, how are we going to resolve this pressing issue? Yeah, what's issue? it going to look like? Uh, turns out there have been a total of eleven Muslims in space, mm, uh -huh. and throughout the course of searching this, there's a Wikipedia article that was like Muslims in space. I'm like, yeah, I'm curious. Maybe they'll have the answer in there. And then there's an entry in the Wikipedia article where I'm like, oh, here's a thousand times better question that I've never even considered. There's a whole section called 
praying towards Mecca in space. Oh, interesting. So okay. uh, here's the Wikipedia article. Malaysia's space agency, Angkasa, convened a conference of 150 Islamic scientists and scholars in 2006 to address the question, among others, of how to pray towards Mecca in space. A document was produced in 2007 called A Guideline of Performing Worship at the International Space Station. But then it's like also trying to aim towards Mecca is difficult. But then there's also stuff like determining the prayer time, right? Mm. Like what schedule are you on? Turns out it's from the place where you launched the spaceship from. That's what determines okay. the prayer time. Um, there's also mm. weird stuff like physical postures of prayer are very important. And if you're in the space station, maybe you can't do all those things. So they actually create like hierarchies of like, try to do this. If you can't, then just do this. And then worst case scenario, just imagine in your mind the different physical postures of prayer. If you're working in the space station, you can't make it work. But specifically for uh, praying towards Mecca, it says it's prioritized as a list below. So number one, face towards Mecca. Number two, the projection of Mecca. I'm curious what that means. I don't understand it. Number three, just face towards the earth. And number four, wherever. <laughs> and like, it's very interesting. Like they have a line so in number here. Number four is there like if you just you're you just can't figure it just, out. You don't have the do instrumentation. Yeah. You need to it do out. it. And yeah, like yeah. in this document, they also have a, a big point at the end is saying, like, according to Islam, traveling to space is encouraged. Like we <laughs> and we know it's challenging for Muslims in space, but like we were trying our best to go out of our way to make sure it's possible. So did you so. get an answer for the burqa? Did you ever find one? Uh, it turns out, yeah, they still uh, cover everything for women, but like face and hands. So I don't know exactly. Is it just you just tighten the fabric? I Probably. Guess, to the point yeah, I don't think. Yeah, head. yeah, I don't think you need I do, man. Thing. I love like just you'll, they'll pop up every now and then, just like how to do weird things in space that you never thought about. One was like washing your hair. Like there was this mm. woman just walking you through. Like this is how I have to get. This is how I get my hair wet in zero gravity. Here's how I apply shampoo. Here's how I remove the shampoo. Yeah. It's like oh man, that's. I love that kind of stuff. It's because you know, I, I'd never think about that. You know, talk about your favorite genre: stuff going wrong in space. This is stuff going right in space, yeah. and they figured it out. There, there was a a series of tweets that one person put out uh, that was all about like the first women in space, mm -hmm. and and they were talking about just how like how smart the scientists are at NASA, but how completely dense they were when oh, it comes right. to women. And <laughs> and one of the one of the anecdotes they brought up was. One of the scientists like sheepishly came up to the first astronaut because you know they have to like they have to weigh everything that they're going to be bringing into space and yeah. that's very important so they have to go through every single item and he and he came up and he was like is 200 tampons enough for a week in space and she was like <laughs> That's way too much, and 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 they said like he ended up packing a hundred instead. But it was just that like, who are these idiots? These are the guys who are going to be hey, shooting better, you into it's space. Better to have too much than not enough. That's true. Guess, that's, true. Yes. that's right. Yeah. Also, you can use it for some other tools. I'm sure Probably, space in Apollo 13 yeah, situation. Yeah. It'll also yeah, save yeah. by a hundred tampons strung together. <laughs> that's how we'll get back down to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works. Yeah, whatever works. Figure it out. There we go. Uh, thank you so much for watching and listening to the MinMax Show podcast this week. Um, let's see. We're going to be streaming Cash and Guns We're on gonna Thursday shoot night. Each other. That's right. So that archive will also be available if you're listening to this later. Uh, if you're a five dollar supporter on Patreon, you can find it there. Also, a lot of other fun stuff unlocked there. Um, we have plenty of surprises coming up. New logos in the works. A little bit of a Slight visual overhaul, a little bit of a relaunch of MinMax is coming up in uh, February at some point is the plan. So please look forward to that. There might be some new shows added as well in conjunction with that. Um, but thanks for all the support on Patreon. You guys have been lovely. And uh, we'll see you next week. 
Uh, play Chrono Trigger. And play Chrono Trigger for the deepest dive. Yeah, good reminder. All right, be good, have fun, let's go. ASMR break for $10 subscribers. <laughs>